0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: According to a new report, an insider in Moscow is claiming that Vladimir Putin's already tried to detonate a nuke, but top brass are sabotaging him. I don't know how much I believe it. It's really excellent propaganda for the West. If, if we're talking about sending more weapons and, and resources to Ukraine, the threat of nuclear war certainly might get people riled up. But we'll see. I mean, you got to choose what you, who you trust in these reports. And that's why I'm careful. I'm saying this is what an insider is claiming. Take it with a grain of salt. However, another report came out on a TV a member of Top Brass in Russia said that Kiev is planning an attack on a dam. And now Daily Mail is reporting this is evidence that Russia is planning a false flag attack. So sort through it how you can sort through it. Both sides are obviously going to be accusing each other. But, you know, I'll put it this way. I don't trust Vladimir Putin, I don't trust a whole lot of people in this one. So that's what makes it so hard. Fog of war. As Luke's T-shirt says, truth is the first casualty in war. So we'll talk about that. And we've also got AOC getting heckled at, uh, it was like a town hall thing she was doing. And this is like the second time I think we've seen in the past week where her own constituents are getting angry. They're protesting crime. One guy stood up and said a 9-11 first responder was attacked. What does she do? She starts dancing, sticks out her tongue while they're chanting that she's got to go. I think she's losing her grip. And then Elon Musk says he's going to fire 75% of Twitter employees once he takes over. So we're all, we're all really excited for that. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you want to support our work. As a member, you'll get access to the exclusive uncensored shows. We put those up Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. I will stress tonight, we aren't going to have one. Because, uh, unfortunately, we just don't have enough time. But uh, I want to make sure you guys were aware. But uh, supporting our work directly allows our journalists to keep working. You'll also get access to Cast Castle and the Tales from the Inverted World show. So it's a whole lot of fun. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and share the show with your friends. Be the notification you want to see in the world. Many people have said that YouTube is not notifying them of the show. YouTube is not letting people know when the show goes live. And for some people, they need it. If you share the video, you can help us bypass that censorship. Now... Joining us to talk about all of this and a whole lot more is Senator Doug Mastriano.
1: Oh yeah, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to the show.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you? Can you want to...
1: So uh, I'm a senator in Pennsylvania. I have uh, Gettysburg and Chambersburg and Hanover and Shippensburg in my district. I run running to be the next governor of Pennsylvania. I served uh, most of my adult life in uniform in the United States Army for 30 years. Uh, started off uh, on the Cold War and the Iron Curtain with my wife, Rebby who's here with us, and you know, after our initial training, we shipped off to Nuremberg, Germany with the 2nd Cavalry Regiment and patrolled the East German and Czechoslovakian borders, defending against that kind of uh, system and ideas and oppression that are now creeping into American society. And, oh, yeah. And Rebbe and I remember the, the wall coming down and, and how the people in the East were, were just excited to be free finally. He was amazing.
2: Well, we got to make sure that doesn't happen here. Yeah, and do. every day. We We're very day.
0: passionate because we did see we did see the flip of that. Yeah. People coming out of it, people being separated by that wall from their families for 40 years and it was pretty it was pretty oppressive over there even on the free side, right? We saw a big difference we moved back yeah. to Germany after the wall had come down and big difference in just the whole, you know, feel of the nation and the culture there, so you know, Rebby, yeah. would you like
2: to introduce yourself, please?
0: I, yes, I am Doug's wife, Rebby, uh, Rebecca, go by Rebby, and um, hoping to be the first lady in Pennsylvania so we can, we can uh, get things in, in order um, instead of having all the um, left agenda moving forward in our state. We, we need, uh, most of the Pennsylvanians do not believe that way. And so we want to stand for the people.
2: I hear you. All right. Well, thank you both for hanging out with us. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We also got the t-shirt vendor himself. I was
3: actually on the other side of that wall. My family was a part of the Saturday wow. movement, so I know exactly what you guys are talking about. My name's Luke Ardowski here of wearechange.org, and I come here to you with one simple message. People will forget your words. People will forget your actions, but no one will forget that you voted for Joe Biden, and that's what reads <laughs> on my T-shirt, which you can get on TheBestPoliticalShirts.com, and it's a great one to start conversations. It's a long-winded one, and you either get one of two reactions. One is someone laughing, high-fiving you, or just utter disdain and shock by some <laughs> individuals, and I love having those moments. You want to have those moments? Get the shirt on TheBestPoliticalShirts.com, because you do. I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. And, and I just want to add, too, I mean... You're walking down the
2: street. I, I see this all the time with yeah. you, Luke. People will be like, hey, brother, I love your shirt. Yeah. You know, high five. You
3: meet people. That's that's, that's right. That's a way to build a community, a way to make friends, and a way to start conversations and spread messages that can't be censored. Make fun a of, lot of make, things make, that can't be censored.
2: Make fun of people who voted for Joe Biden. Exactly. Make tons of friends.
4: <laughs> yeah. uh, who, who thought? Yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy, it's Ian Crossland here, uh, iancrossland.net. Let's just keep this ball rolling. What's up, Doug? Hey, Rebecca. Good <laughs> Good to see you guys.
5: <laughs> And I am sir.com, flipping switches, pushing buttons. You know how it is.
2: There you
4: go. All right, let's jump
1: into
2: this first story from TimCast.com. Putin has already attempted to detonate a nuke, was stopped by sabotage, Insider says. Russian expert believes senior level officials are working against Putin to prevent nuclear detonations in Ukraine. A Moscow Insider has claimed that Russian President Vladimir Putin recently attempted to detonate a nuclear weapon, but that his efforts were sabotaged by top brass at the Kremlin. The report published at the Mirror also says unspecified technical issues could account for the failure of Russian nukes in recent weeks. Unspecified. Well, of course, this could only mean one thing. Aliens. Because that's, that's the conspiracy theory that whenever, you know, n- like the aliens shut down the nukes. This is actually, people actually talk about it. I don't, yeah, know. Literally I, I don't know why they think that's true. We, I mentioned this briefly before the show. I said I think it absolves humanity of responsibility, and that's why people want to believe it. The reality is, I'll put it this way. Yo, world leaders, they're not above you. If you sit down in if you're in a bar, you wouldn't even realize you're talking to someone because people are just people. You go into the courts, you meet politicians, you meet enough people, you meet people who are wealthy and own things, and you realize everybody sort of acts the exact same way. Obviously, people know different things. People have access to different things. But what I'm trying to say here with this is when when your neighbor got angry at you over some petty BS, that same Mm -hmm. level of emotion can happen with someone like putin who's got his finger over the button do you think this story is true doug
1: i, I really don't buy it I, I don't have any idea what putin would have to advantage himself by detonating a nuke i mean obviously he's talking i'm the defender of putin I actually designed strategies to defend our allies in eastern and northern europe against him i don't want him in the baltic nations i don't want him in poland etc but uh he needs to talk about nukes as a deterrence against the US and NATO. Obviously, a red line for him was 2014, of course, when a new government came in that was pro West, pro EU, pro NATO. Uh, we've seen a similar situation in 2008, uh, of course, with Georgia. Uh, Georgia was bucking real hard and working real hard to get NATO membership, and, and Vladimir Putin's like, oh, no, you're not. So he, he swept in in Abkhazia, South Ossetia in, in Georgia, and waged that, that war achieved his objectives, had a buffer zone, and then stopped. This, I have to say, I'm pleasantly surprised by the Actions of the Ukrainian armed forces. Just who would have known that they would be able to stop Vladimir Putin and actually have a counteroffensive? Yeah,
3: well, they were training since 2014. U.S. special operations were down there training every single one of them and preparing the landscape. And when you're an invading army, you don't have the advantage. They have home territory and they have all the latest and greatest U.S. technology. Now, I actually read this article and this article is all over the place. Number one, the mirror doesn't have the best reputation. And they say in the article, quote, insider claims the launch was, 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 was not done because of technical failure or by reluctant military chiefs so again Who's the source? Who's telling you yes. these stories? And and, and number two, well, you can't even get the story correct. Which one is it? The mirror is Doosgard
2: certif- certified, Luke.
3: What do you <laughs> so, what does so, it mean? So, so, yeah. says it's good. And, and, and another thing to understand here: there is a chain of command, specifically with Russia, when it comes to launching nuclear weapons, that people should know about because it's not just Vladimir Putin pressing his finger on the button. Uh, he also uh, in, in in Russia, they also have something that's sort of similar, like the nuclear football, but they have a briefcase that essentially notifies the general staff the general staff have access to the launch codes then after the general staff get the launch codes they could give it to individual weapons commanders then they of course execute the procedure then they send the nuke so that's the protocol that's the chain of command that they have in Russia which I think is is also important to understand here it's not just one guy pressing the button and there are ways that the chain of command the general staff or the individual commanders could say no this is crazy and and that's a likely scenario here okay
2: but how about this Putin leaked the story on purpose to scare people in the West to think that he's actively prepared and wants to use nukes. You know what I mean? Like saber rattled to the extreme degree. There
1: there is merit to that. We listen to any of his major speeches and usually something about nukes comes up or, or through a proxy of his. And so, yes, that's his deterrent model. Much as Saddam Hussein, you know, I was part of Desert Storm liberating Kuwait, you know, a war for energy, by the way. And we knew that. But then Saddam Hussein got rid of his chemical biological weapons, didn't tell the West, but he kept talking about he's going to use them against us as a, as a deterrent. So I do believe that that's, that's a possibility. Putin wants us to know that if we take it to the next level, there's a high danger that it's going to escalate.
2: What, what do you think, uh, you know, I, I'm not asking because I haven't read a lot about this or that the audience doesn't have uh, an idea, but I'm curious, your thoughts, why do you think Putin decided to invade Ukraine and, and why is this happening?
1: Vladimir Putin has a, a bunch of problems on his hands. First off, he's a single commodity country. Basically, it's oil and gas. A few years ago, it was seven, $70 billion a year. Now, it's over $100 billion thanks to the gas prices. Um, a couple issues, though. Ukraine has been drawing closer and closer to the EU, NATO, and the United States. The government is, is very pro since 2014. When most of these troubles began, uh, he also has a population problem in that his, his demographics are shrinking as far as ethnic European Russians. I'm not talking about the Asians that make up most of his country and, and that demographic. He, he would like to have them in my studies within a sphere of influence. I think the most vulnerable place in Europe other than Ukraine is uh, Eastern Latvia, Dagapils. When I visited there some years ago, I did not feel safe and I was there in civilian clothes with a Danish buddy of mine. And uh, it's like 90% ethnic Russian, and most of the Russians there stayed as, as a result of the Cold War being stationed there. Their, their, former, their dads were military members or, or intel officials. And they're b- receiving a stipend from Moscow, by the way, as well, about up to $1,000 a month to live. The Russian citizens they are there are? The Latvians who are mm. ethnic Russians.
4: Yeah, things don't look very
3: promising for the Russian Empire. And population decline is another major factor. And now with this war, that, that only has been exacerbated that much uh, worse. It's a petro-state. Ukraine is also going to challenge them, specifically with the national resources that they have, the gas that they have, specifically in the regions that Vladimir Putin now is occupying inside of Ukraine. So there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes. There's, of course, NATO and their influence and them being on their border. There's, of course, the sphere of influence that Russia wants to still maintain in this specific region. And it's a back and forth challenge. And I think it was a desperate move, it was a desperate situation and it's 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 a crazy situation that's only going it to is. get crazier
1: from here and he needed a decisive knockout blow in that first week and yeah. Yeah. when when the russian air assault and airborne units came into the airport outside of kiev those mm-hmm. were those are putin's best forces there's, mm-hmm. there's two armies in russia that i call you have the, the specially trained highly motivated ones like the airborne special forces air assault and then you have the rest and the rest right now you're seeing being grinded down by the ukrainians when they were beaten back that was a clear sign that Putin was in trouble. This is going to be a long protracted. Yeah, war. I remember
3: seeing that, seeing them land in yes. the airport inside of Kiev and then not hearing anything else about them because they weren't nowhere to be found. And I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. This looks like a failed operation. a
1: 18. But if you yeah. remember in Grozny, when the Russians... So it's about buffer states. You yeah. like you said it. It's yeah. a buffer because Napoleon and the Germans and two wars and what have you. When... Um, when the first attempt to go into Grozny in, in the Caucasus and, and the Russians were beaten back and eventually came back with overwhelming force. And I don't think Putin has that leeway, though, right now. Mm-hmm.
4: Do you think it's reasonable uh, in the in the sense of an armistice for eastern Ukraine to be split between the Ukrainians and the Russians, those freeways that go into Crimea? I think that's ultimately the goal is to take those freeways to turn Crimea into and in, in Sevastopol into a trade hub. But do you think that's reasonable for Ukraine and Russia to share those freeways to each take one and then or, or are you, are you, neutralize the territory in you, some sense? Are you saying like the eastern region goes to Russia or make it neutral or or the, just the freeway from the Donbass? There's two of them and one of them could be Ukrainian and one of them could be Russia.
1: So the land bridge that you're describing in is exactly what Vladimir Putin needed. And I, I think actually his idea of driving that land bridge east, I'm sorry, west towards uh, the Transnistra Which is a breakaway republic on the Ukrainian uh, Romanian borders. I think he wants to have a a broader pro Russian area underneath his grass. It does remind me a bit. uh, Analogies historically are dangerous. But Sedaten land, nineteen thirty eight, Czechoslovakia, Germans there in Czechoslovakia, and of course I'm going to go and and the bad guy Hitler goes in and, and liberates liberates quote unquote. And we're seeing a similar thing. But the problem with Putin has is the resolve of the West. I mean. How many billions of dollars of American money has gone in there? Yeah, <laughs> at <laughs> least 100 on, on the books. Sick. I mean, it was yeah, at least Well, that. there's
3: secret budgets and then there's public budgets. The public budget is around uh, 60 to 80 to 100 b- people guesstimate right now. But the the House right now is talking about doing another 60 billion uh, that's a, that's bill incredible. specifically just for Ukraine.
1: That's a lot of money. And you think about the Germans are so proud because they came out and they announced they're giving $2 billion to the Ukrainians to fight the Russians. <laughs> but the dirty little secret is, is they're paying $2 billion a month for Russian oil and gas. The hypocrisy. You know, when Trump in 20, remember in 2018 in the UN, Trump uh, gave a speech and lectured the Germans about real life. Yep. And they, they were laughing at him and mocking him. Who's laughing now?
2: Yeah, yeah, not the uh, working class in this country no. who are looking at their gas tanks. Going, we 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 hit what was it five something a gallon? It went down. Now it's going back up. California, it's eight bucks in some parts. Mm-hmm.
1: Or the Germans who are told prepare not to take hot showers yeah. this uh, winter because of energy costs. <laughs> did,
2: did you hear this? The BBC is preparing scripts for when they have to announce the blackouts in the UK. It's UK. Now, that right? was the, that was the Guardian. We, we talked about that the other day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Do you see any resolution to this? Because all I'm seeing is escalation, escalation. Obviously, the winter is going to stop a lot of the fighting. But Putin is kind of posturing like he might uh, launch another invasion from the north of Belarus right now. Uh, All I see is escalations. Do you see any way that this could possibly de-escalate? I know Putin said he's open to negotiations during the upcoming G20 meeting. Do you think that's going to
1: be successful? I I viewed a Russian broadcast last night that that was talking about how there's going to be no operations this winter. I think there probably will be, but it'll be minor. Uh, I see no off-ramp this year. Yeah,
4: What do you think an off-ramp would look like?
1: A uh, negotiated peace, um, but it's going to have to be the United States. Uh, th- this is a hard thing to say. Do, do, do you tell Ukraine to give up you know, Ukrainian yeah. territory? You know what the, the sad thing is, is? Well, is it sad? I don't know. 1994, the Bucharest Treaty. Remember that? That Ukraine was like the third largest nuclear power in the world at the time. That's right. And and the United States, Russia, and Great Britain promised to defend their borders if they'd give up the nukes. And right. they gave up the nukes. Yep. And who's defending their borders? That's the problem we have.
3: And uh, Russia promised not to invade them if they yep, gave up the right. nukes. That's and, right. and, then, and then here we are <laughs> and, today. and the
2: problem with this is it sends a signal to every country, build nukes as fast as possible or else.
1: Exactly. That's, that's nightmarish. That's what the... Uh, the Indian uh, General Staff, after the Desert Storm in 1991, and that was my first combat experience there. They did a study in 92 saying we have to get nukes to prevent this kind of attack on us from any country, not specifically the United States. Yep. They're
3: the breadbasket of of Europe. They're yeah. you know, so, and they have a long tumultuous history. They're I, I called them the Afghanistan of Europe because when you look at all the violence, all the bloodshed, specifically in Ukraine, it is a major clash point and. People were kidding themselves not to see this as an upcoming major proxy war that's happening right now. And, you know, I, I could only hope it deescalates, but I think this could even last a decade. I think it could even last more than that, especially with the way that these wars are fought, especially with how close the, the people are, especially how there's, there's neighbors fighting against each other, which is atrocious, which is absolutely horrible. I think we should try to stop it. But, but at the same time, I don't see it stopping anytime soon.
2: You'd have to, Ukraine would have to sacrifice the eastern region. They'd have to give that up. It's unless, you know, Putin just eventually gives up. But I think Putin can and would, will use nukes. Al I'll, albeit I'll I don't have nearly the military expertise you do, uh, Senator. But my concern is that Putin is he's ideological and he's um He's looking at the end of the great Russian empire of what Russia is. I don't I don't see him just eventually going like, well, you know, we lost this one. I think he looks at it like we will be great. We will never back down under no circumstances.
1: If he loses in Ukraine, he's done. Right. He, and, and, you know, you hear rumblings now. I, I don't think it's as, as, as viable as, as Western you know, comment commentators are saying. Because he's been very successful in lim- eliminating opposition around him the past you know, dec- two decades, actually. He's actually the l- longest uh, ruler since the czars at this point here. Hmm. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, Ukraine, I mean, wow, if, if they can push through this winter here and then have time to rearm and refit and retrain with all this new equipment and, and this money, hopefully, that's going through the battlefield. I mean, they, they might be able to start putting the Russians back. But they, you know, then what do you do, Vladimir Putin, when your armies are pushed out? And that might happen. Nukes.
4: Or buy Small it. Small ones. I mean, can they afford to buy Eastern Ukraine? Isn't it, it cost them three hundred billion dollars?
1: The Chinese half are. A trillion
3: dollars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is why the Chinese have a weird kind of situation on their hands here because they they're a big trading partner with Ukraine. They have a lot of relations with Ukraine. Uh, but at the same time, they're still geopolitically opposed against the United States. So this is a very weird situation for them. They're kind of like one foot in, one foot out. Uh, b- but I think they're also a country that we should be looking at right now, especially when it comes to Taiwan, especially when it comes to the bigger geopolitical picture, especially with uh, BRICS and the petrodollar in question with Saudi Arabia. So- let, me, let, me, let me pull up this uh,
2: next story real quick, and we'll, we'll get back into it. Okay. From the Daily Mail, Russia plans false flag attack on hydroelectric dam to flood Kherson. In latest attack on energy plants as Ukraine brings in four-hour blackouts to tackle electricity shortages. So that's bad. Now, what they're saying is General Sergei Suravykin, Russia's new supreme commander in Ukraine, has spoken to Russian media in recent days about what he called the devastating strike on the Nova Kakovka dam, which he said was being plotted by Kiev's troops. Suravykin, who has also been preparing the Russian public for a retreat from the region, said the blast would flood Kherson and cause widespread damage. They go on to mention in the article that according to experts from the study of war, it's actually them prepping us to accept a false flag attack. Because what's really happening is they're saying, hey, look, they're going to attack us. Then they blow the dam, knocking out power in the region, retreating and then blaming Ukraine for it. Who do you believe? <laughs> yeah, that's
3: you, Go ahead. You, you wanted to say something before.
1: You know, I, I've studied Russia and the Soviet Union and now Russia for, for 30 some years and that uh, they're they think half European and half Asian. I mean, they're, and their foot, like you said, actually, is in both camps. It's with, like, kind of like with China. I mean, they are sometimes Oriental in their thinking. Uh, in the end, for Putin, it's about his survival, his power base. And in, after that, what's better for his vision for Russia?
3: Yeah, I, I covered this story uh, in my earlier video today on my channel, and it, it's the United States and U.S. Intel saying Russia is going to launch a false flag attack to uh, flood this. Russia is saying the same thing on their state television, and everything they're saying is almost the same exact thing, except you reverse the major actors here. They're saying the United States is going to be launching a false flag attempt, and we've seen this kind of rhetoric heat up, especially today, which uh, you know is concerning, to, to, to say the least. But uh, anything could happen. I think we should always be skeptical, but when it comes to this larger war, we have to understand that there's also unconventional warfare. What happened to Nord Stream, wasn't an accident. And I think we have to look at our infrastructure as, as it's also a potential target for the Russians or the Chinese or even third parties that could intervene and say, hey, it could be in our interest to spark up this conflict, make it a bigger conflict. And it might not even be Russia or the United States that could set up a false flag. It could be a third party, uh, a country or another
1: special group that comes in there. And it's like, okay, fight each other as we rise to power so obviously the concern is is a humanitarian crisis so we had the deeper rivers cut off the russian troops uh, so of course that are on in the kerosene side of of the west side of the river Uh, the ukrainians are poised they've knocked out most of the bridges the russians are resupplying with pontoons and boats and what have you Uh, that can't be sustained for long combat operations so when if there's russian forces trapped i think that dam is going down no matter what uh what's surprising to me in the in my early days in the army that the soviets the Russians were far better at disinformation and, and information operations than they are today. Putin has two audiences: the, the international audience and, and, of course, his domestic. His domestic audience thinks he's fantastic. He's got the eighty-some percent, you know, positives despite the bad news.
2: Does he really, though? How much can we trust of their media? According
1: and- to
4: *Trafalgar*. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I do think he tends to be popular. I mean, he's the Macho Man. You know, we have all that had that image ingrained in our brains. You know, in a T-shirt yeah. on the back he, of a
3: He has he has high approval numbers because he turned Russia from a, an international joke to to a place that, of course, made sure that people weren't drinking all the time. One of the biggest reasons why Putin is as popular as he is is because he's not drunk all the time, like the previous leader was. Yeltsin, <laughs> uh, Yeltsin, exactly. Boris. And 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 then when you see he, you see him reprimand people who do get drunk, who are in the factories, who are in in. in you know, a major institutions of power in in Russia. He makes an example out of them, and even when there's occasions to have a drink or have a shot or have cheers, he's like, "No, I'm not doing it." So, wow. so that's you know one reason why people see him as this kind of you know savior to, to Russia and their interests and their country. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just another politician. And how and, long can he last with losses and casualties
1: stacking up in mean, yeah. Afghanistan? You know, eight years later on, eight years of war with Afghanistan, they finally withdrew in 1989. I mean,
2: but this is this is Russia's strategy, hasn't it always been? Just send... Ridiculous amounts of your troops and, until you just overwhelm your your opponents.
1: That has been their approach since World War. Actually, since World War One. Yeah, human, human way.
4: Not in Vietnam. Yeah. They were happy to fight the limited war by sending arms into Vietnam. Yes. I think after World War two they realized it's just not a tenable way to so fight.
1: So proxy wars uh, uh, using allies against the United States, and then that flipped in the '80s when Reagan started using proxies in Latin America and elsewhere and in Africa as well, and, and and then in Afghanistan where we you know we finally realized we don't have to do all the fighting so, You know, the policeman of the world. Remember that? I mean. That, that notion from some yep. years ago. Mm-hmm. Limited war, so,
3: it was a Henry Kissinger doctrine yes. that they kind of instituted.
2: Vladimir Putin is using you know, this, this culture war rhetoric. There's a lot of people who feel that in the West right now, we've got these degenerate, deviant, and just abhorrent ideologies emerging from the left. Vladimir Putin seems to be capitalizing that, outright calling out this stuff as Satanism, and so there are a lot of people even in the U.S. who think he's actually this—it's this great Christian nation fighting back against evil and degeneracy.
3: Yeah, he's also speaking out against child conversion therapy. Right. Uh, he, and, and but, but is this—is
2: yeah. this him realizing there's an opportunity to propagandize, or does he actually believe the things he's saying?
1: Well, I mean, he has a problem on his hands because I, I know he wants to identify that as traditionally Russia, but Russia today is is more is becoming more and more increasingly Muslim than it is. Christian or European. True, so, true. you know, what is Russia today? I think that's, it's hard to get our minds around, you know, in, in America, but I think that's part of his, his land grab with, you know, south of Sashyipkazi in Georgia and now in eastern Ukraine, they're ethnic Russians. But something really went wrong. What, since 2014, Vladimir Putin is, has managed to forge a Ukrainian identity, whether you're ethnic Ukrainian or ethnic Russian. They now identify fully as Ukrainian. Most yeah, of correct, them. There's always exceptions. Right, yeah.
2: I, was, uh, I was there when the Maidan protests started. And so I was,
1: hang, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, you the saw food, it.
2: food was great. Uh, I saw the, burn, the building that they set on fire. They, I, was, uh, uh, I got to see the statue uh, that they'd pulled down of Lenin. Wow. Yeah, it was a long, complicated <laughs> story into how that all went down, but I met a lot of these people, a lot of young people, and they all basically said the same thing. We remember what it was like under the Soviet Union, and we never want to go back. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of people who talk about the Eastern region, and it's probably true for in the East, a lot of people who are ethnically Russian, they speak Russian and view themselves as more Russian, but then you're going to end up with a split in the country from people who are like, I remember the Soviets, you know, we're not happy with that. And then there are going to be a lot of people who are just like, I don't trust the West, I don't like their ideology.
1: You remember, and that's interesting because you know their grandparents lived through the Holodomor, however you say mm-hmm. it, the, 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 for, the forced starvation Holodomor. by Stalin. Yeah, that's it. In what thirty two, thirty three over the yeah. winter, yep. and seven to ten million. We don't even know how many die Ukrainians and, and happen in other countries.
4: Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office.
1: I mean, it's a tough situation, and uh, Putin is stuck now. He didn't have his decisive knockout blow. He did not get Zelensky. He did not take Kiev, and uh, now he's stuck in what? his fight. I'm
2: just surprised. I mean, there there are a lot of people who firmly believe Putin is winning. I I think that's just not true. I know there's propaganda, and it really annoys me. Like, you pull up American social media, and every single video is, like, some Ukrainian soldier flicking a cigar, being like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, I know they're not winning every single fight, you know, but—, but you look at where the, the, the major news is breaking, where the major moves are happen, happening and what Putin's doing, and like, yeah, they're getting pushed out. But there's a lot of people who just, I, I suppose they don't want to believe it. They want to believe that, you know, Russia is winning, he's advancing, Ukraine is, is, is not winning. My, my, my thought on this is just, did Putin not realize that NATO was going to be, it was going to be a proxy war with NATO? I mean, you, you have Russian pundits saying, since the beginning of this, I think like in, like in March, they're like, we're at war with NATO. Okay, did he think he was going to win that? Uh, We're providing intelligence. We're providing weapons, training. Not only that, our citizens, volunteers, uh, and now we're learning from The Intercept, actual U.S. special operations on the ground in in Ukraine. Why would Putin think he's going to go up against NATO and win? Is it a last stand or what is it?
1: Yeah, I think he underestimated uh, the resolve of the Ukrainians, which I did too as well. I'm surprised that they were able to beat back the air assault, airborne forces, and then you know, overestimated his own forces on paper, good army, pretty modernized, you know, the, the frontline forces. But look what happened. I mean, but this also d- betrays a point here. We have to and Pennsylvania plays a role in this. I mean, energy. Yeah. So we're now we're in this energy crisis here. We're told gas prices are growing up because of Putin. That's that's Biden's line. Uh, but Pennsylvania has the resources to become a leader in energy in the world. With our natural gas, we have some, one of the largest natural gas deposits in, in, around the globe. Uh, we're, we have great high-quality coal. We have high-quality oil. So my goal is, as governor, of course, is to make us number one in energy production. There's a hundred billion dollars of potential wealth out there uh, to be received by Pennsylvania if we could produce that much. You know, it's it's all about you know the capability. Uh, my goal of, is to have a pipeline. To Philly, out to Delaware, so we can start exporting to to Boston, because Boston had to bring in Russian ships in 2018 in that cold winter. You remember the madness because of the pipe. There's no pipelines from Pennsylvania, so they brought in two ships from Siberia, four thousand wow. miles away. So I want to be able to support uh, Boston, but maybe export also to Germany, get them off of Russian oil and gas, and, and maybe our friends in Poland and for sure the Lithuanians have already you know uh, committed that they wanted to buy it off of Pennsylvania.
2: I was willing to entertain a lot of this go green stuff for a while. But the moment you come out and say, you know, Joe Biden says he wants to get get us off fossil fuels. He says it it was part of his campaign when he ran for president. Then he shuts down Keystone. Then he bans fracking in certain areas. And then he goes to Saudi Arabia and begs for oil. I'm like, it's not about getting it's not about stopping fossil fuels. I don't know what the actual. uh, Actually, let me just ask you, how does this make sense that we got to stop using fossil fuels? And then he he hurts the United States and then goes over to Saudi Arabia and begs them to keep up production so we can keep getting fossil
1: fuels. What's,
2: what's, the, what's the reasoning?
1: That when we were energy independent and, and gas was under two bucks a gallon, one eighty four, one eighty four, just just less than <laughs> what two years ago, just over two years ago, and now we're begging the Saudis and even go to the Venezuelans and kind of winking and nodding to the Iranians. Are you kidding me? And and exporting our wealth over these foreign countries who who aren't really that friendly. I mean, we have a good relation with, with the Saudis because of necessity because who's around them and it's a rough neighborhood. But Pennsylvania, United States ought to be energy independent, and that's one thing. You know, this is the age of governors. You know, I'm glad you've brought other candidates on the show here. Pennsylvania can lead the way in making America energy independent once again.
2: Why do you think it is that they're advocating for no energy independence at home while begging others for energy? I mean, do we just not understand or or is it just I wonder if it's that Democrats know their base wants environmentalism, but they also know you can't have cheap gas and environmentalism. So they're just lying.
1: I think it's exactly that. I, th- I think they're driven by a gross ideology here that, that's making life harder and more expensive than the working class people the Democrats claim they represent.
3: Let me jump to this story real quick. We're the but we're just, we're just really quick before doing that, you know, they got to build back better somehow. What better way than <laughs> to destroy the previous version of it? And, and and I really wanted to ask you a question, Doug, because the, Obama, uh, the the Biden administration has specifically stopped domestic energy exploration and production. Will they stand in your way as governor and can they stop you from doing what you want to do?
1: Uh, In-state, that's that's my battle way on state lands i completely control that on private lands with the cooperation of atlantos i have i don't know if we have time i got a four-prong approach it's called the pennsylvania energy independence act it's not a gimmick it's actually i developed this with the energy sector and of course we want to do it responsibly we want to do it cleanly we don't want our trout being killed and poisoning our land obviously we want cancer causing agents and the energy sector has proven they can do it uh, you know better uh, the f- first part of course is a uh, rolling back uh, our entry into this regional greenhouse gas initiative reggie which is a it's a carbon tax. It's increased, it's doubled almost our cost of energy in Pennsylvania starting the first of June. So on day one, we're going to be out of it when I'm sworn in on, on 17 January, and you'll see immediate relief for the working class people out there, savings and energy. So it's not a choice between heating and eating. Uh, part two of that, of course, is rolling back about eight years of regulations from our Department of Environmental Protection within Pennsylvania that have gone too far, because it's, it's so restrictive that they're driving energy uh, businesses to Ohio, West Virginia, and Texas. And I want them back in Pennsylvania. And then, of course, I talked about the pipeline, one coming at, across from, a, from Pittsburgh area to Philly. And I'll bring lots of great jobs. I'll bring uh, security as far as energy goes. It will improve it for NATO. And then also I'd like to see a pipeline towards uh, Lake Erie. And, so, uh, and then, of course, I'll open up state lands. And do, doing that, we, I, can do, I can do all that without being inter- uh, stopped by the uh, EPA.
2: Let me pull up this story from The Daily Wire. Bill Gates on energy crisis. It's good for the long run. The reason I think this is so important, let me me give you a a bit of context here. They say the billionaire and Microsoft co-founder explained during an interview with CNBC that although global economies cannot immediately discard oil and gas, current shortages in the European energy market will prompt a faster transition away from fossil fuels. Quote, now without the Russian natural gas being available in Europe, it's a setback. We need to find non-Russian hydrocarbon sources to substitute for those. Keeping those economies in decent shape is a priority. Now, on the other hand, it's good for the long run because people won't want to be dependent on Russian natural gas. So they'll move to these new approaches more rapidly. Here's the point. For all of the people that are very concerned about climate change and the environment and all that stuff. Hey, man, I hear you but these people are lying to you. They're saying it's good that Europe's in an energy crisis right now. Italy they they're using candlelight for their stores. The UK is preparing scripts. This is a guard, the Guardian reporting, the BBC is preparing these scripts for when the blackouts hit. Now, so now you've got in the United States, you've got gas in California at 8 bucks. You've got gas on the rise nationally. It's over 4 was it was at 4 dollars something right now. They're telling you we have to stop using this stuff. Because of climate change. And then Joe Biden goes to, as you mentioned, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and just says, keep up their production. They clearly still want this stuff. Their agenda, is, it, it's political, and it does not match what they're saying at home. So I used to be all about, like, okay, you know, let's find renewable energies. Then I saw them going overseas to our adversaries, so we're dependent on them. Okay, Bill Gates can point out we don't want to be dependent on Russia. You know what that means? It means American energy independence.
1: And it, we does, can do it doesn't
2: mean walking away from it.
1: And we have it. And, and you know, I, I'm no fool. I'm cognizant. Of I'll be challenged, of course, by the EPA and the Biden administration when I'm governor next year. But we're going to do it because I mean, that's 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 underneath the, the constitutional power of the state. The reason why I would say this is the age of the governors. We we've seen, we saw during the COVID shutdown, which was eye opening for all of us, whether conservative or not. We, we saw how dangerous this trend was towards tyranny and stripping away our, our freedoms that we just took for granted. We saw Pennsylvania with very restrictive, you know, powers by Governor Wolf, and what, never was a governor more appropriately named. And then, of course, <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, Rod in Florida. And, and I, I kind of say, you know, this jokingly, but I really do mean it. I want to bring a little bit of Florida to Pennsylvania as far as freedoms go.
3: Yeah, but, but, but guys, uh, this is not what Bill Gates wants. And what Bill Gates wants <laughs> is what Bill Gates gets. OK, he paid how much money to the corporate media? Two hundred fifty million dollars. He bought a lot of influence here. He helped spur on the Inflation Reduction Act, which doesn't actually reduce inflation. But we have to understand here when he's talking about new approaches, he's also talking about specifically the businesses that he has invested in. So he's not talking about energy independence because of uh, the United States drilling and exploring domestic energy. He's talking about unproven technologies that again have not been tested most likely are insufficient a lot of people are calling them scams and rightfully so and 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 when we see that this larger problem in the United Kingdom people will suffer there, there's a big yeah. potential for blackouts. People will lose their savings, their money, because they're trying to just afford the ability to heat their homes. And for Bill Gates, this is a good thing for the long run. This is his approach. Human suffering is good for the long run. If those are your tactics, what's going to be your end game? And the endgame is going to be the same thing. And the carbon that he wants to reduce is, of course, you. Gre- Greta Thunberg, you know
2: how dare you she comes out she says we gotta get off carbon and all that stuff and I'm sitting here and I'm like okay I don't like the plastic in the oceans I don't like the pollution you, you mentioned we don't want our trout getting sick I'm like yeah, and I, I want clean I wanna I want to go out to the wilderness on a hike and see no pollution I don't like when people throw garbage in the, uh, on the ground and stuff like that and then I see that she's not talking about China or India at all Yep. And they're mm-hmm. such massive polluters, some of the largest, way way more than the U.S. She does, they, they don't mention that the U.S. has actually reduced its carbon substantially more so than these other countries. Way more. They cut down our energy. They drive up our costs. They make it harder for the American working class. And then overseas, they ignore what everyone else is doing. They don't
3: ignore it. No, no, you don't understand it. Bill Gates advises the Chinese government. He's buddy's buddies with the Chinese government. So he promotes (laughs) the Chinese government. He says on national television, the Chinese zero COVID approach is the right approach. They should, of course, create the social credit score. He loves what China's doing. Because at the end of the day, it's not about saving the environment. That's just the scam that they have on everyone else to (laughs) to conjure up a larger power grab, all a part of the Great Reset. I'll throw you one of the hardest
2: hardball questions ever.
1: Do you like what China is doing? <laughs> Heck no. I'm watching my language. <laughs> this is the family-friendly show. Heck no. Easy question.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm concerned not just about the, the lies and the manipulation. I'm concerned about, you know, China seems to be very much invested in us embracing ideologies that are ripping this country apart. So while they're uh, massively expanding, while their population is much, uh, much larger than ours, while they're, you know, uh, sinking Vietnamese fishing vessels, they're polluting like crazy. They're, their cities are so full of smog. There's this, there's this one video of a screen. Have you seen this one? They have like this big TV with a sunny day on it mm-hmm. because it's just brown skies. Wow. Yeah. And, and look, I don't want to see that here, but I don't think any of us are talking about
3: that. No. They're reckless. Yeah. Reckless and unforgiving. They're, they're buying garbage from from Canada. Canada's like, we're, we're recycling. They're buying it and literally just <laughs> dumping it in the ocean. They're not recycling any of it. And, and it's a scam. All of it has been a larger scam against against the, the American people, the people of the world. True. And, and again, Bill Gates' partnership with China tells you everything you need to know about it him make, and what but he's but calling But it makes you for. feel good. Yeah. I, mean, I know, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a big PR scam.
2: That's that's the, the, the big problem, man. Uh, if you are a moderate... Liberal or libertarian-minded person, and you read the news and say, "Hey, here's a thing." They they call you far right in the media. Yep. If you like, like the big point that I keep trying to drive drive home here is. They keep saying we got to reduce carbon while actively trying to buy it overseas, while ignoring the carbon being produced by these other countries because they're clearly lying. You point that out and they say it's a right wing talking point.
1: Yeah, apparently China is building a coal plant almost every week now. I mean, and isn't, so, yeah. isn't it
2: a violation of these treaties we have with them or something? It yes. is yeah. because
1: we're supposed to sell them, I guess, a, a carbon tax or whatever. They're supposed to have a, a, a certain limit. But for Pennsylvania, we become energy independent and start being a net exporter. And I call it freedom gas. I mean that, that, that's, that's pretty clean when it burns, and it's going to lower costs in our state. what's it so what? It's be cheaper to live here, inflation will go down you have better jobs and, and people want to live in Pennsylvania. when you, it's funny, Bill Gates in his ivory tower, literally you know preaching it's a good thing, but he'll, he won't be affected. he'll still have his, his private jet and his private cars and his mansions all with yeah. his giant you, carbon footprint.:
2: You could take away 90 percent of his
3: wealth, and he's still a billionaire. That's true. Yeah. He has a lot of beachfront property for someone who thinks the ocean levels are going to be rising very soon, which is suspicious. And he probably has a bunch of apocalypse farmland. bunkers. He, he, he has—he's the biggest farmland owner in the United States. He was asked directly, "Hey, how come you don't institute a lot of your green policies on your farms?" He's like, "Huh? Oh, I don't know. We don't have to." And I'm like, "He just got called out for his hypocrisy, and it's hypocrisy after hypocrisy." And Epstein's friend here is not a good person, and he doesn't
1: have your well, best interest at heart.
3: Well, so, so let me ask you, when you're talking
2: a, a lot about energy, uh, w- what natural gas, is that specifically what you're able to produce? Or are, you, are you talking everything?
1: I'm talking about the, the three levels, and Rebbe and I have been out to a natural grass, a uh, natural gas, grass. Grass <laughs>
2: is good, too. I like that. Good for the
1: cows. Freedom gas, that's easier for me to say, uh, rig out in Western PA, but so three levels. Uh, natural gas is, is massive in a marshal shell, and uh, we, we have... Uh, We've viewed how they extract it. It is safe. Uh, The water tables aren't being polluted. They actually put a um, a concrete uh, filter in to block our our aquifers from being uh, contaminated from this uh, proprietary formula they use to extract it. And then, of course, coal and oil. Uh, the oil is very high grade. I mean, it's the kind of stuff that you use in, you know, in, in important machinery. Any, any thoughts on this?
0: I think they said they could, if um, they had a um, way, uh, plant in Pennsylvania, they could actually turn that into gas for the cars as well. It's... Yes.
1: Rebbe's right. And so I was talking with one of the uh, energy producers, and he's like, all we need is a refinery in Pennsylvania, and we can turn our natural gas to automobile gas. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Let's into do that. gasoline? Gasoline yep. for natural our Natural gas. Into gasoline? Yes. Wait, methane into gasoline? I, I don't know. I didn't ask him for the details, but I just said, "Let's do that." <laughs> have you Have you heard about? Uh, I think Ian brought this up. Was it you that they
4: they turned plastic into uh, diesel? Yeah, you that can was turn Ian, plastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, they found like a deoxygenated high pressure. High temperature yeah. environments, you can melt plastic back into oil. It needs to be refined into gasoline, but it's that's wow. it's going to become a valuable commodity is recovering the plastic. Right, so yeah. What do you what do, what do you, you think it. about
2: stuff like that? Are, would you be interested as governor in exploring ways to other oh, ways absolutely. to source energy and fuels?
1: I mean, we we have this stuff sitting around in the garbage heaps, stinking up. Exactly. I mean, right. and in the oceans. Let's let's use it that way.
4: You can right. also upcycle coal into graphene, which is like I don't know if you're familiar with graphene as a oh, building. Here, here, here we, we go. go. You even, <laughs> <laughs> everyone drink twenty first century building material. It's like wow. steel, more conductive than copper it's like a capacitor Every capacitor like a battery um it's what do you, pure what do you, carbon what do, you, what do you do you like take two sheets of it and you twist it or something you like can you can do twistronic graphene you can yeah. take multiple sheets of it and they're putting it layering it on top of each other one point i don't think it's 1.13 degrees uh eventually it's, it's, it's they're it's making Ian's super thing. conductive carbon it's this it's a powder here yeah. This just is pure say, carbon. And over. you can hit coal with lasers and turn it into this stuff and then it burns cleaner and then you can turn it into building materials, oh. wiring. Well, um, I'll, I'll, and what's gonna happen? By twenty twenty nine it'll be globally uh this will become the new it'll be adopted essentially. Peak graphing twenty twenty nine. So if we get on it now and we start producing this stuff early. Let's um, let's Ohio University is working on the upscaling of coal pretty heavily into graphene.
1: I would uh, love I'll, Pennsylvania I'll, to take the lead on something like that. That'd be well. Fantastic. But ch-
4: ch- check this out, Ian. Ian brought this up. Uh,
2: uh, so Ian's thing is graphene. You know, when he's Graph Ian. Uh, but graphene <laughs> is. Oh, he's writing it down, Ian. You got <laughs> one. So, but here's something really interesting that Ian brought up. At the turn of the century, in um, the 1800s, 1900s, in New York, they they said that there's going to be horse manure horse manure piling ten feet high. The city will be unlivable. It'll smell. Then the car got invented and there was no horse manure at all. It was gone. But there was a lot at the time. Ian brings up a good point that we're talking about global warming with carbon in the atmosphere, but they have carbon capture technology that can pull carbon and they can mine it from the air to produce a a, a material like graphene. So when we're talking about all this climate change stuff, it really does feel like people are discounting human invention that we might actually,
4: as Ian points out, have too little carbon in the atmosphere at that point right. when we start complaining about it it's getting too cold we'll be able to what you withdraw the carbon dioxide from the atmosphere you can deposit it on a metals and then turn it into graphene the carbon you strip the carbon out of the carbon dioxide you can also take methane out of the atmosphere turn it into carbon dioxide and then turn it into graphene what's going to happen is we're going to create an industry where we're mining the air and then we're going to start competing with trees for carbon dioxide so we've got to be real careful about the way we set this global industry Ian, up. in sand burn more gas
1: Wow, got to, got to
4: burn more. <laughs> it's not a bad idea if you can capture the carbon right out of the smokestack. That I think is ideal because mm-hmm. you're not introducing. But at the same time, we got to start cleaning up what's already out there too.
1: I love it, especially since we're the second largest producer of hardwoods uh, in the in the North America. So mm-hmm. we we got to balance that. That's for sure. Well, that's what, amazing.
2: What about sustainability? I mean, can this this can't last forever? Is there a timetable on
1: how long? Yes. So I, I looked at a report, and obviously, there's a lot of geological interpretation here. But they're saying we have about two or three centuries worth of energy underneath our feet in Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah.
2: But what have, what what about two or three centuries later? By then, we're using fusion energy. In yeah. New by Canadian.
1: then, we we have graphene, and we have all <laughs> kinds of we have Mister Fusion on the back of our cars, like in Back to the Future. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> let's uh let's let's talk about crime. Uh, we got this story from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Yes, Wawa's decision to close two stores is a dire statement about public safety in Philadelphia. Despite assertions to the contrary, the move by the locally based convenience store chain speaks volumes about the state of crime in the city. I'll just give you my personal story on the state of crime in the city. We didn't live in Philly. We lived just just across the bridge. We're in we're in South Jersey, five minutes away from the bridge when the riots happened and what they call the summer of love, the 529 insurrection. I thought we were fine. I'm like, well, we're not in Philly. We got to, we got the river. There's people aren't gonna. No, I heard the helicopters. I heard the sirens. The the the, the rioters crossed the bridge. All of a sudden, now I'm sitting here thinking, Sigh. I'm not gonna sit around here and wait for this kind of this level of violence and and this crime. So we decided to leave. We came down to the the tri-state area here, West Virginia, Harper's Ferry. And since then, what we've seen out of Philadelphia has been horrifying. I mean, as soon as we got out, we saw the story of the guy holed up in his house shooting at cops. We're hearing uh, uh just. I mean, you you had the, uh, the Wawa where everyone went in and started ransacking everything. Now Wawa is leaving. We see this in Portland, too. They just shut down, I think it's the Pearl District Starbucks because of crime. Not that long. It was only a few months ago they announced 16 other stores nationwide be shutting down because crime is skyrocketing. So, so what's going on, man? Why is why is crime through the roof? What can you do about it? What can we do about it? it
1: it's funny. Crime comes up a lot in the, in the federal Senate races, but there's nothing a federal senator can do at the state level for crime in a exactly. state. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so it's a bit disingenuous, and they talk about you know they're going to bring you know law and order back. It's like, dude, constitutionally, how do you do that exactly? But a governor has a lot to say about it. Uh, the irony is, of course, my opponent is the attorney general. He's been in that job for six years and he's got one job enforcing law and order <laughs> and he's failed on his watch you know john adams said facts are stubborn things and so let me just give you some facts <laughs> I, I don't do i'm not a politician i don't do sound bites like that but the, the fact is crime has gone up nearly 40 percent on his watch uh, we're the f- statewide statewide wow uh, we're the fourth highest in fentanyl deaths uh, rebby and i were there in in uh, kensington a couple weeks ago i'll, I'll have reb describe what our experience there um, homicides we're looking at uh, on track for about 600 this year it's about 430 as of today uh, 1,000 carjackings, 4,400 robberies, uh, a couple thousand shootings, uh, the, the grave diggers in Philadelphia said they can't keep up burying the dead teenagers. Judy
2: was
3: boring. Hello.
2: Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com
3: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa take it easy Judy. Wow. and uh you know my wow. my opponent can't run on this record and, and sadly thank god for you know that we have alternate outlets like you guys because the traditional media covers for him because if that was a republican there'd be breathless reporting on how you know this this person had failed the people of the state you know and turned his backs on them. instead of doing his job and trying to protect the people we saw the, the you know the mayhem in the wawa in the mayfair district that's crazy we saw the shooting after a football game in Roxborough, another safe area of philly uh, we saw carjacking outside in Chester County, outside of Philly, of a mom and a daughter going to school and being, you know, carjacked, at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, saw that. Yeah,
1: man. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. Real people are suffering, and so uh, what can I do about it? And uh, number one, we're going to become a law and order state because Shapiro is part of the defund the police group. He's friends with BLM and Antifa, so they'll they'll know that their governor has their back. And then secondly, be working with the General Assembly to make sure they're fully funded. We'll expand a number of, of, of police we have on the on the ground. We'll need we need more. The people in, in Kensington. And Philadelphia are asking for more presence, and then finally, I'll be surging special prosecutors in the Philly with the authorization of the House and Senate because there are constitutional powers. Uh, Josh Shapiro was given that authorization, and he refused to use it. And instead of putting criminals in jail, he's he's worked with the Wolf administration to release release about uh, ten thousand. I know Fetterman's getting hit on the head a lot about how he's released, you know, voted to release on the parole board, you know, all these murders and having Josh Shapiro was also on that board.
2: Yeah, look, it's one thing. uh, There was a tweet I saw. It was Tim Ryan saying he wants to reduce the prison population in Ohio. Immediately, there's this knee jerk reaction from a lot of people on the right saying, "Like, wow, that's devastating and bad." But the first thing he says is he wants to get marijuana off the schedule, and that's there's a there's a big difference between people who are in jail for non-violent drug offenses and people who are convicted of murder. The thing about Fetterman is that many of the people he's actually talked about getting out are people who are convicted of murder. Granted, he says, oh, it was a wrong conviction or it was you know, wrong for this reason or that reason or there are protests. OK, well, that is you talking about people who are convicted of murder. And I, and I fully respect if someone's in you know, prison and they're innocent and you can prove it, they should be released. Absolutely. It should never happen like yes. that. But it's not the same as, you know, for, for Fetterman, if he, if he wants to come out and say nonviolent drug offenses should not be handled this way. Then I'm like, okay, f- all right, right on.
1: Key distinction.
2: Right. The problem is, yeah. you look at New York and those other places, and they're letting out violent offenders. There was a there was a story about a guy who had like committed like forty robberies, laughing, saying, "You keep letting me out, and I keep doing it." Yep. That's that's the problem. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Agree. Yeah. There's an important distinction to make here because personally, I'm for criminal justice reform, especially when it comes to victimless crimes. But at the same time, what, what they're doing is absolutely absurd. It's absolutely crazy. It's almost as if they really deliberately want to make the situation as unbearable and as bad as possible on the streets. And you see a huge rise in crime, yes. specifically where George Soros has invist, invested into the attorney generals, into the district attorneys. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but it looks like Shapiro got two donations uh, for his campaigns twice from uh, George Soros and has been supported by him
1: that is a fact and and so we were in kensington and so that that's the only open-air drug market in america and uh, you want to well, share your it, well there's a
3: lot was, more in san francisco and new and york LA, city yeah, now and LA. That's the, yeah.
1: sure. the biggest one in yeah. america yeah. <laughs> yeah and
0: it was heartbreaking because honestly that for the people that are trying to live there and just be safe and raise a family there is no safe place you know even in their homes there's shootings and the bullets go in And the kids, um, one grandmother raising five kids by herself said they know the difference between a firecracker and a gunshot, you know, and they know what to do. They know to run upstairs and lay flat on the floor. And I think the youngest one's like five years old. Um, The other thing is the school's just locked down because of some sort of crime, and the parents aren't told why the school's locked down. So now your kids you know, are locked in and not able to come home, but you don't know if it's an internal or an external, you don't know what the problem is. And so there's just a lot of fear that it's instilling into the parents because they don't know every day if their kids are gonna come what home. What happens
4: when a school gets locked down? Like how long <laughs> is it locked down for? I
0: think various times from what she was telling us, we, we talked of different people when we were down there, but her story was is it just keeps happening it's something that's almost weekly and it varies. You know, it might just be, you know, for an hour because they heard there was something in the vicinity. And so they were trying to keep the kids in before they let them out, you know, to, to head home. But, you know, sometimes it's internal. And if that's the case, I don't know how long that might be. Might be what, for hours.
2: What, what I don't get is that when this kind of stuff happens, the only thing I hear from, you know, your modern liberal or leftist is it's the guns that's the problem. And I'm like, well, it's crime. It's criminals. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, uh, Pennsylvania is pretty good on gun laws. I'm told. Is that is that is that true? Yeah, I mean, it's... I haven't lived there.
1: Uh, uh, the, most of the state obviously is is strongly advocating for Second Amendment. Um, it, you know, there's restri- one of the most restrictive cities. Uh, you know, in a nation is Philadelphia. And it hasn't done them very good. So. But
2: it's, uh, my understanding is it's still not nearly as restrictive restrictive as all of New Jersey because you know I'm living in the Jersey or, yeah, side true. and they're yeah,
1: that's absolutely true.
2: They're giving you warnings. Yes. But I, I bring this up because this means that. You know, I heard a story about people in Philadelphia and they're armed and everything's fine. They go to Jersey and all of a sudden they're getting arrested. And I'm like, wait, regular law-abiding citizens are armed in Philadelphia? And like, well, yeah. If and you're
1: pulled like, over, you got a Pennsylvania plate. Don't answer any questions in Jersey <laughs> if you have a, a weapon on you. But, but, but
2: I mean... Uh, yeah, I plead the fifth. <laughs> the, 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 issue, the issue clearly is not the guns or the gun owners. The, is, 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 the issue is clearly the criminals. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I didn't want to be in New Jersey, because of how insane the laws were. I was told that if someone, look, I fi- am I was five minutes from the bridge. We, we would drive five minutes and you, you could see Philadelphia. You could look out the window and you can see the buildings and everything. And I was told in Jersey that if someone broke into my house, I had a duty to retreat from my own home in Jersey. And I'm like, what That's is, nuts. What is where do you retreat to? Thank you. I'm like, do I jump out the window and run barefoot my boxers down the street? Yes. Because they were like, is, is that better than killing someone? And I'm like, dude, if someone's threatening my life, I could be out in the winter in my bare feet. That's nuts. So I'm, I look at you know Philadelphia, and I'm told the laws are better.
1: So I, we do have the castle doctrine in Pennsylvania, of course. what you know, you can only open fire and engage you know a, a villain, potential perpetrator, when they're in your house, and yeah, so that, that's when the laws are completely in your hands. What about if on you're the gov- porch? Just
4: really quickly, if you, it, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, on the porch? Is that in the house? And no, gotta no. be in the house. and doors? you got to
0: make sure it's far enough in that if the gunshot throws them back, they're not out, right? <laughs> so no, like if their okay. hands oh. if their
4: if their hands on the door, the door's cracked open, that's not enough. They
1: have so to be in
0: they before have to you be can engage all them. the way in.
4: Where where was that? A story where the
2: the angry ex-boyfriend do you see this one tried banging on the door and tried breaking the door open and the dad shot
3: through the door oh yes that 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 wasn't pennsylvania I was it i don't
1: think it was
3: I'm, i don't think so I don't, yeah. I don't remember that story specifically but but if you're governor how would you approach the second amendment what action would you take on it
1: well, obviously, we'll be, become a, section, a Second Amendment sanctuary state. I'll be signing into law some of the bills I actually have Ooh, in. And thank you. So, I like that. Yeah. And so I'll be signing into law. Uh, I don't know if I'll go as far as, as nukes, but clearly not. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: I was telling him before the show how I'm like, hey, man, the Second Amendment says arms, and
1: yeah. we have to amend it
2: if we want to get specific.
1: But. Co- uh, would you be okay for constitutional carry? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I'm, wow. a, I'm a co-sponsor Sweet. of that bill in, in the Senate. Great,
2: yep. man. Awesome.
1: Good a- work. We're
2: constitutional a- carry in West Virginia. It's fantastic.
1: Th- it needs to be that way. And, and I don't even get why we have a second amendment right and i have to pay 25 bucks oh, to get a license absurd. every couple of years That's I mean, absurd isn't it I, it's like are yeah, you kidding nope. me uh, additionally i have a bill and i'm a prime sponsor of in the senate i hope to sign of the law when i'm governor I, I will actually where it will prohibit law enforcement within pennsylvania from cooperating with the federals if joe biden comes in <laughs> to enforce to enforce unconstitutional laws on the second I amendment nice
2: man yeah so the nuclear weapons thing is uh, it's more of a cultural point using something that's that's relatively shocking. First, uh, yeah, private companies, pri- private entities can have nukes. I mean, you, you've got major uh, weapons manufacturers that fill out the forms. I forgot what it was called. We talked to a guy who had an FFL, and he explained it as a form for nuclear weapons. And uh, when the Second Amendment was written, you could have a, a, a frigate. You could have a man of war. You could have a, a private warship, and you could actually contract with the government and that's what we have today with these with private military contractors and weapons manufacturers. So I think if people are concerned about a private citizen getting access to biological and nuclear weapons, instead of just deciding one day that the Constitution doesn't matter, we should actually say, OK, well, let's amend the Constitution as we were supposed to do. It's more of a point that over a long enough period of time, people seem OK with the fact that the Constitution has been eroded.
1: That, 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 and that That's the whole point. of I think that, that's probably the most important thing that I've heard today, is that we're seeing infringements on our rights through, uh, you know, a, a thousand little cuts here and there. Exactly. And instead of doing the right thing and saying, okay, do you have a, a Second Amendment right or not, and, and, and approaching it from a constitutional amendment process, it's being circumvented by, by laws and by bureaucrats and bu- bureaucracy and what have you. And additionally, another piece of legislation that will be signed in law, of course, is reciprocity, recognizing people's right from other states coming through.
2: That's amazing. I'm yeah. glad to hear it. I love the constitutional carry stuff.
1: It's yeah. too easy. It's very clear to me. I mean, so we, we know what the U.S. Constitution says, you know, should not be infringed. The Pennsylvania Constitution says uh, that your right to keep and bear arms shall not be questioned. Wow. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, legal but,
3: law-abiding citizens sh- shouldn't be treated like criminals. It's that's a simple right. It's a simple idea. Yep. But so so constitutional carry, but
2: let's, let's get a little uh, into the nitty-gritty, I guess. W- what about limitations on, you know, magazine size or, you know, if you're saying it's a sanctuary state, I mean, how does that apply to, say, the NFA? Like, Selective fire rifles, fully automatic weapons.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I haven't gone that far, but I but I am troubled by the by the limitations because we've even seen, even seen Joe Biden talk about handguns, you know, and, and having more than six rounds. That would be a revolver. He doesn't even know what he's talking about half yeah, the time. Seriously. There's so a, yeah, that seriously. It's, that it's illegal, that you could be arrested in New Jersey because you have a 30-round magazine. Are, are you kidding me? I mean, really? I mean... Most most veterans have some of those left over from the M sixteen yeah. days. Yeah, I mean, true.
2: and not just that. There was a viral video where it was in Italy. I think some they're, you're, only, you're only allowed to have three rounds, and they, this individual, this woman, I think the woman, I think it was a woman, got attacked by a boar, and then fired three times, and the boar did not stop. <laughs> oh crap! And oh, so man. people are like this is why. But you look at what happens. Someone tweeted, you know, what am I supposed to do when thirty to fifty feral hogs come into my, you know, my yard, and then all of the liberal anti gun people are laughing as if it's not a real problem, and it is. They don't understand, you know, people get in helicopters and fly around having to cull the boar population because they're dangerous and they destroy the environment. But these people don't understand that they no. live in New York where there is no bore problem and then vote for you to be hobbled when you do have a bore problem.
1: You know, it, it's it's nice when you're living in a, you know, in a little bubble somewhere, you know, and, yep. you know, safe yep. and cozy and you, you have good Wi-Fi and, you know, good transportation <laughs> and you have a private jet, the rest of us. So, you know, so it's kind of, you mentioned a bore, and we, were, we lived in Germany for 10 years. And so I was out with our son and a couple of his friends when they were little kids and, it's an old quarry in Germany, and uh, all of a sudden, this this, this boar came jumping off of, uh, the top of the quarry and bounded off the walls and came straight for us. And all the kids were running, and, and I'm like, What do you do? And so I stepped on a rock and stared at it, and it lifted its snout, looked me in the eyes, and then veered away. It, it worked. They said, Stare the animal wow. down, and, and, he, and he veered right in front of me. And,
4: Did it you make your shoulders big or anything? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I'm just naturally big. Yeah, that you way. You're, How tall are you? you six? six, two. six two. Yeah, you got to finish. But race. I was standing on a rock because I hopped on a rock, so he didn't increase my height, and he did veer away. Do
4: you think there's value to having different gun laws in cities and in rural areas? Or do you just kind of keep it... Um, I don't. I, I do uniform. believe
1: that the Second Amendment should be consistent across, whether you're, you know, city or rural. Um, it, you know, the lawlessness, lawlessness in Philly. I mean, if, if that mom had a, had a sidearm with her and a carjacker came, she, she could have put him out of his misery instead of being terrorized and what have you.
2: I honestly think there wouldn't be a carjacking. That's because people, people would be like, "I better not even try," because they, this woman's probably armed. I remember yet. in the seventies,
1: right. I had an aunt that lived in Florida, and we go visit her down in Vero Beach, yes. and we were told, "Don't beep at people back then, because they might just shoot you." So, uh-huh. yeah, an armed society is a polite society. <laughs> right. We have to understand <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's basic. Hey, you respect me. other people. You don't freak out. You don't. You don't.
3: You don't curse at people. You don't try to attack people. You don't try to steal their stuff yeah, or violate their, <laughs> their rights. And as long as you do that, you, you'll be fine. But, but uh, uh, again, we we also have to understand the criminals will always find guns they, they yeah. will always have That's you know right. things like machine guns they will always have right. 30 round magazines and if the general public is limited to like let's say five rounds right a criminal knows that when he's robbing a store oh the clerk only has five rounds so if i'm in a shootout with him yeah. one shot two shot three shot four shot five shot he has to reload my turn to get him now and it puts the average citizen at a disadvantage yeah. when criminals who don't follow the law anyway will violate it and of course will use it in order to justify yeah. the punishment yeah. against the average yeah. law-abiding human being
2: I, I i'm I'm not even I'm I'm just tired of even hearing it and saying it because it is it is basic arithmetic. It is it is so rudimentary. It is one plus one equals two. If citizens can't have guns and criminals are already breaking the law, you're basically just saying the people who don't care about the law can carry weapons. It's, that, it's just it. one plus one equals two. And everybody listening to the show knows it. Everybody at this table knows it. And we keep saying it. But it doesn't resonate with these people who are trying to ban guns that the people only only law abiding people are going to pay attention to those laws. I just how do you solve this
1: In Uh, in the bottom line? Do we have a Second Amendment right or not? Yeah. And, and if we don't, then, then do a Constitutional Convention and, and not come here and slowly strip away these rights here and there. Because you're right, when you, when you take the weapons away from the, from the innocent, from the citizens, of course, then only the criminals will be armed. And we've seen that over and over again. You look at Chicago. I mean, I'm mean, i from Chicago. Oh, you know, The wild, wild west, man. Mm-hmm.
2: And this is why I always tell my friends who aren't from the city, why you don't get involved in road, road rage incidents. Why, like, I'll be driving with a friend and someone will cut them off and start wailing on the horn and flipping them off. And I'll be like, you want to die? Because you never know if who you're flipping (laughs) off is going to be some gangbanger who's, who's, you know, looking for trouble. It's a city where the criminals, the people who are intent on committing crimes or who outright just don't care about the law are the ones who are armed. You never know. So it's funny. An armed society is a polite society. Well, in that respect, in Chicago... Don't pick fights unless you know for sure. Like, or don't pick fights, you know, outright. And then don't get into a fight, even in, if it's unless you you know your circumstances. So, I even what I mean by that is, if someone is getting up in your face and they're threatening you, the fight, the the fight you've always won is the fight you've avoided. Is the saying? Chicago is a place where I've seen people get into fights that it's just like you want to talk smack about me. You know, put up your dukes, and the guy was okay and pulls out a gun, and that and they're going to be criminals. And the other issue is if they have a gun, these people are more likely to, to hurt you with it as opposed to your law abiding citizen who does not want that fight. So that's why I've, you know, especially growing up in Chicago, I've just been like, we, we, we'd be better off if the people were scared to come near me to commit a crime because I'd be armed. Because I'm telling you, all the criminals are armed as it is. They make videos of themselves waving the guns around, and all we can do is cower and cross our fingers and hope they're not going to shoot us. That's how crazy it gets. For the most part, you don't got to worry about getting shot in Chicago. A lot of people seem to think that because it's really bad, you're like walking on the street and mm-hmm. bolts are flying everywhere. Uh-huh. I'll tell you how bad it is. It's um, south side of Chicago going to bed and hearing gunshots. It's getting a call from your friend and saying, I'm seeing some guy drag a body down the alley. Those things, those things actually happened in my life. It's getting off of 290 on Independence and then someone driving past and just pointing a gun and shooting at me, uh, my car for no reason. That's what Chicago's like. But those are a handful of incidents in the 20 plus years when I, before I finally moved out. So, you know, some people have this idea that you go to Chicago and then every day you're going to be getting shot at. No, but should you ever, you're not going to be happy about it, right? Mm-hmm. So something's got to change. Let's jump to this next story. Let's get uh, let's get national with it from Timcast dot com. Evidence implicating Hunter Biden in four hundred and fifty nine crimes was just sent to every member of Congress. The report was produced following a 13 month investigation into material found on his laptop. The file was sent to all five hundred and thirty five members of Congress, on October 20th. And includes 140 alleged business related crimes, 191 sex related offenses, and 128 drug related crimes, according to The Sun. It was also sent to district attorneys and U.S. attorneys for the jurisdiction in which the alleged crimes occurred. Okay, here's my question. Is anything going to happen?
4: I want to let's break down the crimes you got to go through all the crimes come <laughs> yeah, give, on give me some of the hot ones the hot ones there's pictures there's a lot of, of
3: photos and videos that you could see
4: no, yeah, no. no how about you watch them how about you watch Later them tonight? To maybe I'll do that in my room alone that, no I, I'm just I think he's been just living the criminal lifestyle and not all crime is I think not all crime is evil like if there's an evil law you have a justice you have a a, a duty to violate that illegal that horrific law like in Nazi Germany for instance but um you know, I think he's just been dodging it because his dad's the VP and now the president. And, and maybe he's got what's coming to him. Like if, he, if he's been hurting well, people, especially. do you He's think been hurting himself. I don't know.
2: I, I think the reason Hunter has gotten away with so much is because uh, at the highest level, the DOJ is effectively politicized. So uh, you look at stories like this and you wonder why. Why is this guy not not getting arrested? But uh, let's, let's, let's break it down to actually a more a personal level. Let's just say, fine, you don't want to talk about the Biden family. Let's talk about the pregnancy centers that were firebombed. You yep. saw that story? Yes. Uh, th- th- were, were any of those in, in Pennsylvania?
1: Uh, I don't believe so.
2: Because I know one right over here, like not that far away. We actually had one of our reporters go drive out to it. Uh, these people, nothing. I'm not, I'm not hearing anything. And
1: that's a terrorist attack. As far it's as I'm terrorism. Concerned. And Nothing.
2: But what do we hear about these pro-lifers?
1: Uh, so uh, we, you, you talked about Mark Houck and how, you know, one Saturday, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, about 30 agents showed up in 15 cars and on an early morning. We call that a night raid in Afghanistan. We'd help plan these ops where we'd go take down tough, armed terrorists that have killed people and then send in special operators, about 30 or so. Usually, you know, earlier in the morning than seven, but uh, that we we do that not proportionally towards a pro lifer because he got in a shouting match with with an opponent of his position, and apparently the guy was cussing over his kid, and so Mark pushed him, and and the lower court threw the case out. And now the feds are going to come in with overwhelming force. That's obviously political. I had never dreamt in my lifetime we'd see the Department of Justice and and potentially the FBI being politicized so much. Because we have firebombing of crisis pregnancy centers, but then nothing uh, happens in in defending their rights. But, of course, it's heavy-handed abuse. And we saw two priests arrested up in uh, New York State now as well for being pro-life and praying outside a clinic praying yeah, praying I mean it should not be surprising my opponent Josh Shapiro instead of uh, fighting for our rights during a shutdown he sued the little sisters of the poor I mean he sued nuns who sues nuns <laughs> over a religious issue
0: twice twice it yeah. seems
2: like an overt violation of the first amendment look if they're gonna make an argument about like an assault or something it's like sure but a federal case out of it I mean that's the meme don't make a federal case out of it <laughs> yeah, that's true. it's true. it was a local protest we used to have back in the day I mean maybe this is just a trope and maybe there's reason to complain about it but people get into bar fights and, and the cops would be like, go home, guys. You're wasting everybody's time with this. These days, it's you make a federal case out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and they are. And that's very chilling, dude. So, you know, and it, what's interesting, Tim, is uh, the Democrats uh, blacklisted 21 Republicans uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago. And uh, I was number one in their hit list for some reason. They thought I was going to derail their plans in Pennsylvania, which we will. And uh, they, they colluded with the media. This came out in the Salon article. This is not conspiracy. It's a fact. They, they admitted the DNC and DLCC, Democrat Legislative Campaign, campaign Committee, they worked with the media to, to try to take me down, uh, and it didn't work. It made me more popular, actually. But I think most people, though, seeing y- 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 ad hominem attacks and people attacking your character and your work and your, your, your books, your dissertation, your, your, your service, that it mostly would drive people just to sit down and shut up. And uh, that's the problem they have with me. That's why the media is so frustrated and aggravated, because I won't shut up. Because I mean, Rebbe and I, 30 years uh, in the Army, moving around the world, to 12 years out of the country, 10, uh, 12 moves. Um, I had a sweet job lined up I was going to ride off in the sunset in a com- comfortable retirement And I could not do that Because your generation was getting the country from me Worse off than how I got it from my dad And uh, that's my motivation And they're not not—they're used to politicians being a bunch of cowards And I ain't going anywhere We're going to win on November 8th and we're going to turn the corner on this how, how Can I ask you how old you are? 58 58 Y'all were supposed to give us flying cars we were yeah Jordan here and comes George Jetson we got
2: we got we got a uh, recession in 2008 now we got economic crises but now I can appreciate you standing up and, and I, you, I could not same walk same.
1: away from it and, and I could have I had the sweet job making a lot more than a senator makes but it's not about the money I, I fought for these freedoms I defended these freedoms I love my, my country you know I, I love it so much that I was willing to lay down my life for it no hero but uh it, it was heartbreaking to me I struggled with that and Reby can tell you I was having trouble leaving the army I was I got too old I reached Colonel it's as high highest I can get in my career field. There's no generals in, in the field that I work. And uh, I was, I, what I just said, I said to a young man and uh, at a radio station, he looked over at me, and I'm in uniform, about to retire. And he said, well, Colonel, why don't you do something about it? And I was like, ouch, <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> uh, I'm hearing that
2: uh, uh, your opponent's not going to debate you?
1: He refuses to see me on the stage. Why, why? He's a freaking coward. He's got nothing to run on, so he's, he's hiding.
2: I mean, here you are sitting down with us. You have no idea what we're gonna talk about, what stories we're gonna pull up. It's it's been an hour. We've had Carrie Lake on, we've had we've had a, a bunch of Republicans. I'll give a shout out to Jen Perlman, a Democrat in Florida who also came on and you know, it, it was it was great. Like we disagreed on a lot of things. And it's just so difficult to get Democrats and leftist activists. There's like two that, that we've had on the show more than once. Uh, shout out to Vosh for everybody who doesn't like him. Hey man, he he's willing to come here and argue with us. But they won't even debate. They won't. They won't debate you. I, I think Katie Hobbs the same thing. She's not debating. Not either.
1: debating in Arizona. Not debating in Wisconsin. Not debating in Maryland. Right here, Dan Cox. He's a good mm-hmm. friend. He, he's going to be a great governor here. And, and his opponents not debating him. Wow. either.
2: Wow. You know what I think it is? Honestly, the truth would hurt their campaigns.
1: Yep. Agree. Of course. Yep.
2: That's it. They they need to keep people in a in a tight mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. where there is a controlled narrative. And I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, you know I'm sorry beat the dead horse but. They will come out and claim we've got to reduce carbon emissions while Joe Biden's dumping the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is is keeping petroleum flowing, and then go and bag you know, our rivals for oil. They clearly want the oil. They're just lying to you about it. I think you say something like that in debate, and they go, hey, wait a minute. That's why they don't want to have a debate. Oh, yep. Absolutely. the first thing you yep. bring up, a- among a bunch of other things. I mean, you can talk about the riots. They want to talk about January 6th. You say, okay, well, 529, there were a bunch of riots. They firebombed a guard post at the White House these are the things that you, the media doesn't want to talk about and if the media is not advancing the narrative then uh, well I'll put it this way they don't need to enter a, lo- enter a situation where their constituents will hear anything outside of their controlled narrative that's, that's
0: right. exactly it how do, how,
2: do, how do you break through to regular people then
3: confront them meet them on the street and be like, uh, that's what I did. Uh, but, but hey, I mean, what other way than go face to face? Be like, hey, you won't debate me. Let's have a conversation right here, right now. Let, let the American people decide. And I think we need more conversations. And, and the fact that we don't have conversations, we're losing our civility because of that. Because when you're able to look someone eye to eye, this is the reason why we do the show in person here. There's, there's an energy. There's, there's, there's no uh, bull crap. There's, there's no nonsense. You say something I disagree with, I'm going to call you out on it. Um, but, but, I still respect a human being if they come from a sure. different ex- perspective and experience, but when you're not able to face somebody, you're able to vilify them a lot easier. And, I, right. and I, and I think we're reaching a, a point in this country where it's becoming very, very dangerous to how partisan everyone is.
1: It is chilling. You know, so how do I get the message out? And so Facebook, of course, uh, clamped down on me back on October 17th, 2020. And wow. it could, I, I had the the greatest reach on that platform for somebody in politics. I'm not a politician. But despite that, and, and so because of that, I can't boost posts. But despite that, I'm the number one in the nation over you, Democrat and everyone else on reach and Facebook because we told people how we circumvent it. You share, you share to your pages, manually share. And so that so social media is one way. Uh, Rebby and I have traveled the entire state, every single county, several times, meeting people eyeball to eyeball. We, we probably, the past couple of years, we probably shook 100,000 hands. I don't even know and taking and time we've to-
0: been doing it for two years because of all that's been going on with COVID and just people were hopeless in yeah. Pennsylvania and so we get invited to all these different with the Lucky Land you can get lucky just about anywhere
4: You guys would have a great YouTube show, the two of you guys co-hosting it,
1: uh-huh. talking about Thanks. policy and stuff. <laughs> I love it. You yeah, know, R- so. Rebbe's our secret weapon on the campaign here. I mean, it's fantastic.
0: I'm the introvert that is sacrificing and <laughs> using a microphone when I would rather not.
2: So. The, uh, the The guy down in Mexico does this. He does his daily speeches or whatever where, like, what's his name? Oberdor. I'm not super familiar. But he, like, or or maybe, maybe, I don't know if he's still Mm -hmm. there, but I remember, you know, being told he, like, comes out on the balcony every day and talks about what's going on and just, just, like, lays it out. He's very blunt, very personable. This is the future of, you know, people want this. They want authenticity. They want real conversations. They don't want sound bites. They don't want talking points. They just want to be like, give it to me straight. I think one of the challenges is that the new the, there's the there's the left and the right, but it's like a new kind of left and right. Right. I, you know, I, I grew up in Chicago, very liberal. Now they call me conservative and stuff, whatever. But I think the difference is you can tell me painful truths. I'll hear it. And maybe I'll be like, well, it's a good point, man. I don't know how you solve that problem. We, we have we have conversations about pro-life, pro-choice. And, you know, uh, Seamus, a good friend of ours, he's a Catholic conservative, very pro-life, we would have arguments, and and then we'd laugh and tell jokes to each other, because we can get along, we can live together. We're willing to hear things we don't like or don't agree with, we're willing to argue, the divide now is between people who just don't want to hear it at all. Yeah.
4: There's something about politics where a lot of it's like managing morale, I think as a politician or as a leader or something. And like if things are bad and you come out and tell everyone, hey, things are bad, they might panic and then that makes things worse. Yeah. So you want to be like, no, everything's fine. But then that can be a lie and you're yeah. like, I don't want to lie to people. But the, so what do you do? You just keep like a like a positive mindset about the problems and like, um. This so, is the
1: solution. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up. Oh,
0: go ahead. Randi. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say we, we try to point people to the fact that it doesn't have to be this way. And we try to encourage them. Each one of you can do something. And if we all come together and we all we're all going to like you're just saying, you know, we're all going to have different backgrounds, different opinions. But if we can all agree to come together on some issues. We can make a difference, and that was that was one of the big ways of encouraging people and to watch out for each other, right? Like to remember, you know, um, you know, be your neighbor's keeper, kind of thing. You know, if somebody's struggling, you know, help them out. You know, and a lot of people came together and met during um, the pandemic. Yeah, tell them about the at fireside. Our, yeah, at our rally, so we started uh, fireside. Doug started a fireside chat because people were so confused with our shutdown in Pennsylvania because it was so random how how it was happening. And businesses couldn't figure out, like, can I stay open or, or, or am I on the list that has to close? And what's that look like? And so anyway, Doug got on every night, for about a half hour and just kind of laid out the latest here, here's the list. And he sometimes was just reading through all the, the rules and talking to people and people were asking questions. Hey, I have a hair salon. So seriously, I can't be open, you know, but the abortion clinics are open, but I can't cut hair. I mean, you know, it was, it was like, People just wanted to know, like, well, what's going on? Why is that going on? And then Doug was able to get his staff working. His staff did not turn anyone down. They even got calls at 2 a.m. They did not turn anyone away from the entire state. They didn't just take care of the 33rd district, they were taking calls. We, we, and um, one of them was actually talking to a lady in Philadelphia dur- during the time you were talking about with all the burning and everything. She lived above a store, and she could hear them crashing and breaking and everything. And nobody was answering. And she called his number, got some of his staff, and she said, the police won't come. What do I do? And so the staff stayed on the phone with her until it quieted down because she was, a, she was a fearful for her life.
2: And they, 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 they're lying about what happened with those riots. It's, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's the craziest thing to me. And uh, again, it's probably why they don't want to debate, yeah. why we're seeing it across the board. Because you, you, you talk about the property damage, the billions of dollars. That I've seen these, uh, um, these, these talking points where they'll say, oh, it was only a few neighborhoods. Some viral tweet among a Democrat personality said, oh, the right wants to claim that the country was burning during major riots, but it was only a few neighborhoods. It was actually really small towns. It was it was widespread, rampant, and everywhere for whatever reason. Yep. You want to you say it was because people were angry about George Floyd or you want to say they were angry because they were locked up because of COVID? Regardless, Michael Tracy, journalist, he went to these small towns all over the country that people didn't know about and he saw the same thing, boarded up windows, spray paint, please don't hurt us, we support you, please leave us alone. It's nightmarish. And there's, there's never really been any kind of reconciliation or um, apology or admission. In fact, the Biden administration, Joe Biden staffers were donating to bail these people out. That's right. Kamala Harris was fundraising to bail these people she out. Did. It's just this simple. Crime freaks me out. I don't want to have to worry about it. Look, for me, we, 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 we were swatted here, I think. We got like 13 swattings. You know, are you familiar with swattings? Yeah, for yeah. Sure. So we have to deal with that. Wow. You know, do, doing a high profile show, of course, we're going to have security concerns. So naturally, with crime going up, it matters a lot to me if I'm gonna go to a place and it's already that we have security concerns, I don't don't wanna think about that. Mm -hmm. But it's really simple. On some of the biggest issues, the economy, the cost of goods, and crime, you've got Democrats who have actually supported and bailed out rioters and criminals, advocated for uh, letting out convicted murderers, and then on on gas prices, Joe Biden actually campaigned on getting us off fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just tell people, Look, there's a lot of things you can complain about culturally. There's a lot of cultural issues you want to talk about. Uh, pro-life versus pro-choice, I hear you. But right now, I know it's, what's hurting you the most. And it's your gas prices are making it hard, hard enough. You can't even get to work. If you can't get to work, how are you going to have a job? Then, because of the cost of gas going up, you can't now buy goods. They're saying, uh, I saw a report, I think it was uh, CNBC, we've got 25 days left in the in the U.S. diesel supply. For uh, I think it's distillate supply. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to run out. It just means it's the lowest it's been since 2008. These things don't have to be this way. That's right. I I, I understand a lot of people may be concerned about, you know, other issues in the culture war, but... You can't complain about crime and gas and then vote for Democrats. It's not
3: just a culture war. I would say it's more of a psychological war. Uh, Former KGB defector Yuri Bezmanov, when talking about psychological warfare, subversion and control of Western society, said specifically, quote, "Uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who is demoralized is unable to assess true information. Mm -hmm. The facts tell nothing to him, even if I shower him with authentic proof, document and pictures. And I, I think that quote definitely rings true today with our modern society especially w- w- with the mass amounts of kind of hypnosis mind control that that is really out there with some people have described as fifth generational warfare now how do we overcome that i think it's it's it's, it's a lot harder uh than just just said
4: yeah. well let's uh, give people something to live for
3: let me ask you
2: yeah. about what's going on in these schools so we we saw this in Virginia, there. Uh, uh, Ian's actually got one of these books. Oh, these yeah. are these are books that are rated. As, this one right here, genderqueer. So
4: genderqueer. I don't know if
2: you guys have seen. this. We had yet. that
1: in my testimony uh, two days ago in the Senate eight, in Harrisburg.
2: Eight, Eighteen and up on Amazon, but these books are in grade school libraries. And when parents simply say, "Hey, this material is not appropriate for my kid," they get kicked out of these meetings. They get told not to speak. They get they get the boot, and then we're told just that this is the kind of stuff that grade school kids should have access to. So, so uh, was there something that happened recently with you guys, or yes. you know, just tell me what your thoughts are?
1: Yeah, we had a hearing in Harrisburg and brought in uh, several testifiers, uh, several moms from the southeastern part of the state. And uh, one of the moms had a stack of about ten different books and she read from one of them, which was completely disgusting. It, it's it's it's. Uh, it's, it's repugnant. It's that bad. Do you remember which book specifically this one was? I don't. She read it. It was so bad that the committee chair said, okay, we understand now. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the pictures in some of those books that she had there are, are extremely graphic, and it, it's a, for elementary ed kids. Um, and if you and I shared that materials with with uh, underage people, that, that would be an offense. We'd be arrested. It's That's right. that disgusting. Josh Shapiro, my opponent, supports that being in the libraries. Uh, we actually had a bill that would protect kids from obscene material in the schools, age-appropriate books, and it was called Book Banning by the Democrats. And our and Democrat governor, Wolf, vetoed it, and my opponent cheered. Uh, On the same side here, uh, they celebrate, of course, gender pronoun games in our schools. Our schools are becoming really a a culture war clash in Pennsylvania.
2: Because they know if they can indoctrinate the kids, they get votes and... you know, and 18 the years, kids are told
1: years. not to tell their parents if they're transitioning or which pronouns they're using, and the parents will get on board later on. Levine is part of this. Do- the great Dr. Levine, our Secretary of Health in Pennsylvania now, the second most powerful health official in the nation here, and uh, Admiral now, Woman of the Year. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, these people talk about defending women's rights, but they can't even define what a woman is now. Yep. I mean, it's That's just right. insane.
2: Yep. Yeah, Matt Walsh is doing, uh, I think he's doing a screening tour. I know he's got like, a big rally mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Um, but you, you've seen Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? Yep. I mean, that's, that's it right there. Look, um, I'm, I'm all for uh, making sure people are living happy, happy and healthy lives for, for the trans community. But what we're talking about now is, it's a simple issue. Parents saying, hey, me personally, I don't think it is right for my children to read a book that shows graphic sexual depictions. And they're being called book burners, yep. fascists, Transphobes,
1: domestic terrorists. If you talk too loud in a school board meeting,
2: something's really weird about that.
1: Yeah, there is.
2: I, I, I you know what I would just say. You can ask. Uh, well, if you ever get the chance, because he's not going to debate you, you can just ask him. Do you think talent, like you think uh, banning Playboy would be book bannings? Is is that a banning banning a book to ban Hustler from schools? We're not talking about telling kids they can't read ideas. It's specifically that these are adult, uh, adult oriented things. You know, it's one thing if you're like. And Actually, actually I brought this up with... uh, I can't remember who I brought it up with. um, We have a lot of guests. The Bible has certain depictions in it that are actually adult and graphic. And my attitude is, yeah, the parents should be there talking with their kids and deciding if they want their kids to be reading certain things. I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's a religious text or if it's a book. The idea that teachers will decide for the parents and the parents have no say somehow equates to book bannings. is, 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 is ludicrous.
1: Yeah, and we, we see the videos on libs of TikTok, you know, and, and <laughs> they're using their platform to indoctrinate, and, and that's, that's, that's an abuse of power there. You're there to educate, not to indoctrinate. We want to teach kids, you know, how to think, not what to think, and that's that's a dangerous trend here. And now that there's a push to to force the parents out of their, their kids' lives in their education, in their choices and what have you, in their understanding, in their worldview, that, that's troubling, you know? We started off this conversation about, you know, Lieutenant Mastriano serving in the Iron Curtain, you know, defending against that, that, the godless system that Ronald Reagan described. And uh, in those days, in the Soviet Empire, of course, schools were used to indoctrinate, to socialize and indoctrinate mm-hmm. according to the edicts of the rulers. And, uh, that's, and I remember being, I'm so glad it's not like that in America, but we're yep. seeing that coming here in America.
2: Are you familiar with ESG? I am. So that's uh, – I, I, I view that as like the Chinese Communist Party, but for the, the, you know, the Western version. Yes. They've got – the Chinese Communist Party has an office in all of their major companies so that they have political control within how, with how these companies operate. ESG is basically the same thing. It's a workaround yeah. to get ideology into the business. You know what, though? I think it's not working. I think we're seeing the backlash. There are many states. I think West Virginia – Cut ties with uh, businesses based on ESG. What, what, what was this story? You want you want to pull that one up? Yeah, I think we talked about it recently. They said that they wouldn't do business with a specific company based on
4: yeah ide- uh, penalizes major companies for embracing ESG. West Virginia did that. This there you is, go. Uh, about four months ago. Good. Do you, does the governor have the authority? Would you be interested in? Yes,
1: yes, I do, and uh, we do need to elect a Republican General Assembly. That's just a constitutional fact there. But to me, together with the Republican General Assembly, there we can cut off ties with businesses or not invest in China, Russia, or companies that work against our ideas and ideals.
4: I wonder if that same goes for free speech, supporting the First Amendment, and social media companies that take control of the.
1: Commons. Mm. Since I've been on the receiving end, you know, much as you guys have been on some of the censorship here, which is just repugnant to me, you know, who's deciding what right and wrong is on some of these issues we've debated over the past couple of years, which we won't bring up because we're going to be banned on some of the platforms, ironically. But I have introduced legislation that would, would make it uh, these, these social media platforms culpable and subject to uh, being sued by citizens in Pennsylvania if that passes. Obviously, I'll sign it into law. And that they, they cannot screen speech that they just don't simply like. Mm-hmm.
4: That's yep. basically what they do. I get my, my thoughts are that we need to force these companies to free their software code so that other developers can pick up like a copy of Twitter and launch their own Twitter that they then interoperate because if you start telling private companies what they have to do, it feels like fascist like it's like I don't want the government but but if people don't like Twitter's terms of service because they're getting banned, they go to the other Twitter and then they can still view you, you've swayed me halfway, Ian. Excellent. I don't agree mm-hmm. with this idea mm-hmm. of. Uh, so here's here's how I
2: view it. You free the software code. Basically, you make the code for the program available to everybody to make their own. I don't like that. It's it's kind of like if you build something, then someone's allowed to take copy off your work, mm-hmm. right. and that's like a, an IP and copyright thing. Right. However. I still think freeing the code is something we probably have to do because of the algorithms. Yeah, correct. Because we don't know how Facebook is experimenting on us, and we know they do. Mm-hmm. So this was a big story. Facebook actually was experimenting on people, they were purposefully sending happy content and hurtful content to people to see how they would react. And sure enough, mm-hmm. when they flooded someone's feed with depressing content, they became depressed. That is psychotic.
3: Well, they were yeah. launching psychological experiments on unsuspecting users who didn't know that they were participating in a program that manipulated the algorithm to see how they could manipulate their emotions. So that's some larger psychological warfare that's happening that, of course, they're they're seeing what they could get away with. They're seeing how far they could manipulate a human being. If you can make someone feel sad, you can make someone believe a particular idea. That's godlike power and authority that I think should be absolutely put in check. And uh, I, I kind of agree with Tim more than I do with Ian and him with Ian because we, we need to understand what's happening behind the scenes. W- what is in the algorithm? Who's being promoted? Who's being demoted? Who's getting a fair share of viewership? Whose ideas are being shared? Which ideas are being censored? And more importantly, make the code of conduct simple and enforceable. Don't make it vague. Don't make it general. Don't punish people. Don't delete their livelihood. Don't take them away from the market of, of ideas. Just because they expressed an idea, and you're going to use an overall vague term in order to destroy their ability to communicate, yeah. that is draconian. That is evil. And a lot of these companies have ties to governments, mm-hmm. ties to intelligence agencies, especially with their start.
1: So, how do you tackle that as a, as a governor? That's that's a hard question. Yeah, and there's not an easy solution to that, you know, Ian. I mean, uh, it, it's a tough one. You know, we want to protect free speech. Clearly, we want to have a free exchange of ideas, and we've been clamped down in so many areas. You know, we're not going to even mention all the topics. People know what they are, but w- at what point? You know when they start threatening violence or what have you, as, as we see as we've seen before. You know who, who determines where the line is. I mean, it was so much easier when we were growing up. I mean, free speech. If if you if you said something to someone that they they didn't like, they you you'd duke it out. You just punch each other. You know, and then it's resolved on the spot. For instance,
4: Ethan Klein just got banned off YouTube, uh, seven day ban or something for saying that he thought Ben Shapiro should be what gassed. I think. Well, it if there was, well, uh, piece it. he yeah. said he said if they if there is another kind of Holocaust, Holocaust that ben he hopes is the gets, first one, yeah. and it was a joke. But it was a very poorly veiled joke and it was sort of like not a direct call to violence. It's not illegal because it's not, um, you know, what do they call it when it's like you need a time and a place. You say it should happen on this time in this place. That's illegal. That's imminent. It wasn't an imminent threat. But these these (laughs) veiled threats are enough for social media companies a lot of times in their terms to be like that's. Not allowed here. I don't agree. I think it's, it's First Amendment protected speech. It is violent. It, it can in, incite violence, though. So that's a problem. Well,
2: well look, look, I want to I just address this one just a little bit. We didn't get into it, but I don't think Ethan Klein should have been suspended. Uh, I even said it the other day when we went over the comments in the first place, but the fact that he's trying to claim it's a joke,
5: it's like, dude,
4: yeah. come you on. You should have said it was a joke after he said it, right he, in the same well, breath, he, he, man, if you're going to do a joke said, like that.
5: He said at first, he said it was a joke before he was even allowed to say it, before his team like immediately kind of shut him down. So,
2: yeah, Right, but my point is like, when you when you hate someone and insult them and rag on them, no one's going to accept it as a joke. Right. It's just not, like, if I came out and said something like that about AOC, no, I'm just kidding, man. Come on, dude. We're heavily <laughs> right, right. critical of her. I called her a con artist and a grifter repeatedly today. I wish her nothing but happiness and a long life because I don't want I don't want I don't want pain, suffering and violence. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to even joke about it, but who would accept it anyway? What
4: was it that there used to be like FCC regulations that you couldn't go on ABC News and say something like that? Yes. And now the they FCC doesn't. Lifted. What's that? I
0: think I think a lot of the, the restrictions on the media have been lifted, have been like rules have been changed that's allowing hmm. A lot more of this garbage. So we had a
4: FCC would would say like, yeah, it's legal, but it's not allowed on the network. But now there's no, it's not allowed on the network. Talking, right. it's up to these private the First companies Amendment. instead of the FCC. It's it's definitely illegal. It's legal to do it, but but whether or not it's righteous, I don't yeah. know, or, or justified, or any of that. I, I err on the side of free speech personally. I but you know, if you say, yep. well, someone rid me of this priest? You know, that's and then the priest gets killed. Yeah, like. Hmm yeah I don't think you should I don't think that should be banned I don't
2: think what Ethan Klein said should get him banned I think we should all get to hear it and then be like wow that was gross you know yeah. but if he, if he thinks it's a joke and he thinks it's funny that's fine I kind of think that you know look people are allowed to tell jokes I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna get a comedian fired because he said, he said jokes I don't like I'm just gonna be like no, I'll watch something else Mm -hmm. that's that's the thing i think i don't think they understand right now ethan's you know attacking or being very critical of ben shapiro because ben said if another holocaust happens i hope ethan and his family escape but that's just me and then he's like you know these fascists they don't get it blah 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 and i'm like dude when the people on the left say that we should ban comedians censor people and shut them down that's extremism that's authoritarianism yeah i don't think y'all should be banned because it's simple i'm an adult and i'll be like i'll watch something else He's a comedian. He's not funny
4: because he says mean things about me. It's like, okay, I'll just watch something else. I co-founded Minds, the social network Minds, and uh, it's basically First Amendment. It's, it's whatever's legal in Connecticut is legal on the site. And okay. the, you have yeah. weird rules like spam, which don't exist in the in the Constitution that you've got to kind of make. Re- but I, Yeah, there's, there's interesting things. Um,
2: doxing, for instance. Yes. That's First Amendment protected, but I don't think it should be allowed. Yeah,
1: I agree. <laughs> but that,
2: that, that's, that's a challenge, though, then, right? Because if you want to uphold the First Amendment, people are allowed to hold up your address on a on a placard. Mm-hmm. I mean, the white pages used to do it. Now mm-hmm. we try to keep it a little bit more private, so
4: what, what? do you do? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer
1: solitaire, huh?
4: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com 18
1: plus website for details
2: I just think I Stop, I, I think man. it's Stop. there's one rule I'm like yeah doxing you know we can ban that yeah All
1: right. yeah definitely on a slippery slope here you know and, yep. and it's happened so quickly to us mm-hmm. since 2020.
4: this is why I like the idea of freeing the code because I want to leave the decision up to the uh, network creators of if they want to ban doxing on their network or not
5: right we just gotta find where free the code doesn't mean like give out your IP and all the informa- all the, the you know the intellectual property you've actually done in writing that code there has to be a line where it depends on what kind of business you are I think I think it depends on what kind of you know we've talked about this too with um with like whether Twitter's a platform or whether it's, a, it's publishing this information. I don't know. It has to be discussed. It has to be worked out because that should be both It should ways. be a
2: platform. It should be like a phone company mm. and it, the, the tweets should be on me. Not, have nothing to do with Twitter. Right. That's why we need to de- I hope when Elon buys this, I hope he just decentralizes the whole thing and just says like, I no longer have the ability to ban anybody. Bye. Mm. Have a nice day. That'd be fantastic. Yeah.
1: yeah. He'd definitely make Twitter great again. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I think one of the challenges to be realistic is, you know, people can create fake accounts and then spam the platform mm-hmm. with garbage.
4: So, and they can do illegal stuff too. And if you well, don't ban then it, then that's
2: that's, that's 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 the cops'
4: problem. But if right. if if you're a network owner and someone puts something illegal up and you don't immediately remove it, you're complicit in decentralizes yeah. Yeah. it. Like I said, if yeah, Elon exactly. removes his ability
2: by putting Twitter out as a decentralized system, and he and he just says Twitter no longer has the ability to ban accounts. Hmm. like it's hosted on other servers and people can host their own servers He then, like federates it or something
5: yeah then it's that person
2: yeah yeah right. then the police can go to you yeah. i mean look dude if you go out in the street and stand if you go if you go into a hotel and start screaming racist things they're not going to come and shut down the hotel
5: <laughs> yeah that'd be great
2: like oh the hotel is hosting this 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 offensive speech let's say you say so you you go in there and cite violence they're not going to go in the hotel and be like well you know it was in your space so you're in trouble no they're going to arrest you yeah so that that's the way it should be if you go yeah, on to twitter and you say this stuff Twitter should be like help police yeah. there's a guy on our platform doing saying inciting violence and committing crimes yeah that's how minds does it right now there you go oh, yeah, man. simple yeah. as that good,
5: good. good. Glad there you to go hear that.
2: All right, how about about this? Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe to this channel and share the show with your friends. Become a member at TimCast.com to check out the Cast Castle vlog, Tales from the Inverted World, and our uncensored members-only show. We have those up Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We're not going to have one for you tonight, unfortunately. We don't have enough time, and we're we're just strapped, so my apologies there. But we've got a huge library, a ton of really, really awesome people. And we just put out a really uh, funny episode of cast Also, you want to check that one out and uh share the show if you like it be the notification help us get past that censorship let's read some super chats we got raymond g stanley jr he says doug i never realized how big of a deal pa is in the grand scheme of things with elections sir when you win please be level-headed for many of us just want someone who cares about the people
0: yep. he will I will keep an eye on him <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right I, I think that speaks to motive which i already went over here it's, it could have written it off in a sunset comfortable retirement colonel strategist you know, author professor of, of the war college you know, all the credentials i needed to do easy things in life
2: what, what do you think shapiro's motivation is
1: a uh, power he wants mm-hmm. to be the first jewish president of the united states yep. that, he said that Oh, wow. It's not me saying that. Yeah. So that's not an anti-Semitic remark. let see how stupid things are going yeah. the, the mere fact that I point out, that I'm a big advocate, uh, advocate of school choice, obviously. $20,000 a year we're spending uh, per student in Pennsylvania, and you can't pick. You're doomed to a zip code. In Philadelphia, why are you voting Democrat? You're, you're stuck in that school, and your kids are, are you know, flailing. Uh, but the mere fact that I point out that He's for school choice for himself and is able to afford a very wow. expensive school, about 30000 30, or to $40,000 per kid for kids, and that becomes anti-Semitic. That's how ridiculous the media has become in America, and in Pennsylvania specifically. They've become ridiculous. Let's have a debate. Let's talk about school choice and why for the Obamas. He could afford a, a, a very expensive school for his his daughters in uh, Washington D.C. But what about the, the rest of the kids in Washington D.C.? Why don't they have that same right to the, choose a school? This
2: is the reason why they don't. He won't debate you. This, this, this is why. This is why many of these leftists won't come on a show like this. Is because we won't pull a gotcha. We'll simply ask, "Hey, how come? How come uh, these guys, uh, these people, are opposed to school choice, but they send their kids to these expensive, you know, charter schools and private schools?" Mm-hmm. And they'll no answer. I agree. No, because, because you know, the way I see it is. You've got a poor kid in Chicago in a, in, a, in a crummy zip code with school choice. They can go to the really nice areas and go to the nice school. That's right. The only person who, who, who would have a problem with that is going to be a wealthy individual who thinks they're better off and, and should be. That, that's what we're seeing. The Democratic yes. Party has become the party of the wealthy.
1: And yep. you know, Tulsi Gabbard's speech is so she can no longer be part of this elite cabal. Of the Democrat Party exactly She's right. says that. Yes, it's it true. Does. Did you have something there.
0: No, I'm just gonna say they're they're. And the thing is, it's not the average Democrat. It's it's sadly an elite class and. Sadly, there are elite Republicans too. Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, the bluest of bluest uh, areas in our state is Philadelphia. That's as blue as you can get, Democrat wise. But yeah. But despite that, eighty-eight percent of the parents agree with me on school choice and disagree with Josh Shapiro. Wow. They Let's want st- they want school choice. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's read some more. We got Nanya Business. He says, Tim, do you read super chats starting from the beginning of the stream or starting from the point mm-hmm. during the stream at which you start reading super chats from the beginning? Mm-hmm. So once we go to super chats, I go back to the beginning of all the chats and then start going through them. Destiny Troll says, bring back Seamus. Seamus for president, 2024. Oh, and a little uh-huh. shamrock.
4: Uh, yeah, Seamus disappeared. Yeah, you don't have to
3: bring him back. It's fine.
4: He reappeared <laughs> on Twitter last night to confirm that it was him that made that quote from Jezebel. I don't mm, know if you guys yeah. saw. They, they mis- leftist, me.
2: leftist media attributed a quote from Catholic conservative Seamus to Ian, who
1: is... Just wants
4: know. to legalize weed in Pennsylvania.
1: How <laughs> 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 well, about you
4: guys? Well, how do you feel about
1: legalizing pot? Not for recreational use. It's you know, medically
4: legal right now. It yes. is
1: medically re- yes. legal right now. So, and uh, let, let me back up the argument because obviously hey, you're libertarian. I presume yes. I don't so, know. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. depends
5: <laughs> on the, the situation. Leftist authoritarian. <laughs> yeah, right. And
1: as labels are always dangerous anyway because yeah. we're all yeah. you know free thinkers. But I, I looked at what happened in Washington State, Oregon, New Mexico, and Colorado, and, and they were promised you know great revenues with taxation, and but but we've seen actually a thirty percent increase in crimes. You know gateways, all the stuff we were warned about actually came true in those four states I just mentioned. So I've been studying the topic there, so I, I'm not for recreational use. Just Let's, so you
2: know. We'll, we'll read some more. I, I think actually that was a super chat. Someone asked that. Oh, so yeah. Azalea Remember Primrose time. says, Russian doesn't need to fire nukes at us. They will label them fentanyl and walk them across the border. <laughs> Bet some are already here. Scary stuff. I mean, that's an interesting point too. People are, are very scared of conventional warfare when the reality is our porous border and you know, lack our weak military... It very well may be that Russia—we uh, had one guy on say Russia will release a, release a bioweapon. Mm. Or how about China just sends uh, opiates over the border? Uh, that's what they've oh, been they doing, right? They do, man. They've yeah. seen so much over the border in California.
1: We're the fourth highest in fentanyl deaths in a nation. Twelve to fifteen Pennsylvanians are dying a, a day. I and, believe it. And Josh Shapiro is doing nothing about it. And most of it's coming from China.
2: Yeah. All right, the Hazmat two to one says Tim, longtime listener, I took your advice to heart and I got a seventy four acre parcel in PA after fleeing New Jersey to live off grid with my newly wed wife. We don't want PA to become the next New Jersey and support Doug wholeheartedly. PA needs him. That's awesome. awesome. Seventy four acres. Wow. wow.
5: Chew.
1: Yeah. You guys... Welcome. You know, that's a beautiful thing. I'm so pleased to read that. You know, you you left New Jersey because of failed Democrat policies, and and you're coming to a a state that needs to be Republican and free and not bring in those failed politics with you.
2: Do you guys have uh, animals, chickens, goats? We do. We have.
0: We're we're cat people. Cats. We we, we like dogs, too. Oh, okay. But yeah, we're not not allowed to have other animals. Oh, okay. So you don't have chickens? No. no. We're we're actually not allowed in the... We're next yeah, to cities. we're next to a state forest, and so they limit mm, um, exactly. sadly in our house. But our
1: neighbors are turkeys and deer. Yeah, and yeah, we do. Have, and bear,
0: we have bear on our front porch. Uh-huh. Sometimes, wow, so. that
1: sounds actually kind Exciting. of scary. <laughs> but you're armed, right?
2: Of course. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then it's all right. We had a bear come on our front porch uh, last winter. I think it was desperate. Yep. And it tried ripping. Uh, w- so uh, we have chicken city. I don't know if you saw. It's the big yes. chicken coop. Oh, we had a okay. smaller one, and yeah. we came out one day in the metal had been pulled and but it didn't get in because we did triple layer but it, we had it on camera a bear was trying to
4: break in and get the chickens did you guys see that video of the, the hiker that the bear attacked and yeah. like oh, dove at the guy and he threw it, it like over his shoulder I mean have you seen this video it Was like, he, is, is he, he like on an edge yeah. yeah I just yeah. saw
1: it today that Freaking was insane nuts. and the bear kept coming back yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> like stop
2: it's <laughs> like a horror movie <laughs> alright let's read this one from uh, a name I can't read he says Tim I was going to become a $1,000 a month member for the next 84 years but then I read Jezebel about Ian being a conservative so I decided not to oh well that's <laughs> That's, that's four thousand. What what is that? A thousand dollars. so what's what's uh, twelve thousand times eighty four? That's a lot of money. Yeah.
4: yeah. That's a lot of wow. thousands. That's, that? a, that's about nine hundred. Yeah. Is that ten million? 000, yeah, I think it's closer to one million. One million. Nine no, Maybe million. I'm doing the wrong. maybe I'm doing the math. Twelve really. twelve thousand
2: times eighty four, is that a million? No, that's like a hundred. That's like one million. One million dollars. Yeah. Oh man, we lost a million bucks. Yeah. There it is. All right, all right. Clayton Johnston says, IRS already making claims about owing for previous years. I just got my letter a couple days ago saying I owe them more, more for 2020, voting red in PA. See, this is what people don't understand when the Biden administration, uh, the Democrats are bringing on these, these IRS agents. We get a conservative talking point. They're going to start auditing poor people. And I said, no, they aren't. That's ridiculous. They're not going to audit you. They're just going to come and bill you. They don't need, to, they don't need you to justify why you owe the money. They're just going to say, you owe us the money. I hope I hope regular people recognize that. Yeah. Cuz this is what that's what Clayton's saying. Uh, I see this personally, my family sees it. You will one day get a letter in the mail and it'll say you owe us 75 bucks. And you'll go for what? And it's not going to tell you. You just got to pay it up. Congratulations. They're coming for you. They're 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 taxing you, man. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see what we got here. Mike Oh, okay. Mr. Hunt, first name Mike, nice try, says, How are we just watching the U.S. enter an era of World War III Holodomore scenario and not seriously considering seceding from blue states? Why can't you and other media entities actively as a group start a movement for statewide peaceful secession? Well... Well, you know, I know Luke's talked about peaceful divorce. I know Michael Malice has. But I think we're trying as desperately as possible to not have that happen. And we're hoping that with, like, a midterm and then a 2024 election, we can actually just win a culture war and stop the country from falling apart.
1: If, can I interject something yeah. here? So during a shutdown, a lot of people get very aggravated and actually say some, you know, pretty— potentially violent things about how frustrated they were with the government and then, then i would ask them the question they're like well did you vote in the last election no did you vote in the presidential no i'm like then you're part of the problem so secession is, is uh, i'm going to say straight a ridiculous idea we resolve this at the ballot box and let's do it this way you know go out and vote and be active and and if you're really that serious about it and it sounds like he's pretty passionate about it then volunteer for a campaign donate to a campaign or maybe run for office yourself instead of talking so you know uh bombastically
0: be a poll watcher well personally i
1: think
3: secession secession is a great idea when you see it from a point of view of decentralization uh from the point of view of how the amish have done it from the point of view of individuals taking personal responsibility for themselves we might be at odds here but that's how i see it and i think it's a great idea that we should strive for on an independent
4: local level you so, mentioned a convention of states, too. How does that work? Is that between governors or between state legislations?
1: Uh, that would be through state legislators selecting representatives to represent a state in a convention of states. And, and obviously, um, it's, it's coming out of the conservative movement, but there's also fears on the Second Amendment side that that could be, it could be a runaway convention that could start infringing upon our rights. And that might, might be yep. another way to circumvent the constitutional process. You know, individually, the Amish still pay their taxes. They still yep. obey our laws and what have you. So, you know, Even
0: th- though they have their own schools, they still have to pay school tax to yes. you know like that's that seems ridiculous. But if
1: a fracturing at, at the greater level, like I'm thinking 1861, I, I don't want maybe you know without the conflict, but I don't want to see that happen to our country. We're we're, we're better off as a United States of America. Yeah, we just got to win people need to get out and vote you know it's still right. to this day doug you know elections in pennsylvania are compromised i don't know if going to go are you kidding me then that's exactly what democrats want you to yep. they want you to stay home we there's so many republicans that don't vote i mean the, the inquirer actually wrote an article they're concerned that they're seeing this red wave of rebbe and i traveling across the state and getting these massive crowds in rural counties and they're like wow if those republicans actually go out and vote is gonna win <laughs> so yes get out and vote do- and go knock on your
2: neighbor's doors, yep. yes. call your friends, call your family, and say, we got to do this.
0: Yeah. And take the Amish to the polls. That's right. Drive them. They, they drive them to the polls. We have a lot, a lot of support in the Amish community. We do. That's so, oh, wow.
2: All right. We got Morgan Mogus. He says, hey, Tim, big fan of the show. If Josh Shapiro keeps avoiding Doug's debate calls, he should debate Mises Caucus libertarian candidate Matt Hackenberg instead. It would really make Josh look cowardly. Mm. There's, a, there's a lot of people. Here's, here's my first thoughts on this question. Obviously, a lot of people who are libertarians, we have a lot of Mises Caucus uh, and libertarian friends. They want to be contenders in this. They want to make sure people recognize them. And so I see a lot of people being like, you know, you should debate the libertarian. But they actually make an interesting point here that I, that I thought it really would make. Josh Shapiro looked cowardly if you excluded him and the conversation shifted away from Democrats into something totally different. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Or,
3: or just simply put it, like you're hosting a debate for
1: the governorship and, and everyone's invited who's running
3: for government, uh, <laughs> governor.
1: And, and would you debate a, a libertarian candidate? Yeah, I'll debate I anyone. I mean, we have a green candidate out there. I don't know why we're not talking about her as well. Who is mean, that? I, I don't have her name handy, but she made it on the ballot and she's a viable alternative to Josh Shapiro, that's for sure, if you don't want to vote red.
2: Yeah, I was. We were talking with some of the. You know, uh, I think it was when Dave Smith was here. He's a Mises Caucus guy, and and I'm, we're good friends. We're big fans. But I, I got to say, look, man, I don't I don't I don't view the, the new MAGA Republican uh, uh, America first types as the lesser of two evils the way I've, I viewed the establishment Republican Party. I certainly don't agree with everything the Republican Party has to offer. But there's a handful of Republicans where I'm like, yeah, they're actually pretty good. School choice is a good thing. Like, I agree with these things. They don't want war. I'm like, you won me over with that? You want school choice? I actually see an opportunity now within the Republican Party with many candidates to actually get some good people in. I think the Republicans got to do a lot to get rid of that old guard garbage, you know, inv- uh, uh, establishment stuff. But, you know, to our libertarian friends, the risk that everyone sees is, are you going to split the vote? Is it, is it going to end up hurting everybody if, if we if we try and go for the, the, the cream of the crop utopian vision? Or do we say, hey, look, we got some pretty good guys right here. How do you I don't know, man, I don't have any answers. That's tough.
1: And, and that's hurt us before. The, the reason why, and whatever we think of Bush the Elder is, is, is irre- irrelevant to my point. But Perot came in, and he ensured a Clinton victory, which began which, yeah. which a transition in our country mm. culturally. Yep. Yeah. I
2: do think it would be hilarious, and I understand the political uh, challenge, but it would be hilarious if, if you guys just organized the governorship debate and put his podium up there and just... There you better. go. I, I we we th-
0: could have a we could have a cutout Cut out of them, out of them. <laughs> and we, we could even make him, you know a little bigger than, than life if, if that helps. He, yeah.
2: I mean, look, you invite the Green Party candidate too, let them represent the left, and then be like, yeah. why <laughs> is is he That's refusing good, to show up and
4: actually speak I, to I, you? Yeah. I don't That's think you'd even. Idea. I don't think you'd mention him at that point. I just call it the 2022 Pennsylvania Governoratorial Debate. Yeah, yeah. why well, say? It. Whoever comes, invite comes. everyone there who's running go. officially on the ballot. I do it.
1: I promised Josh Shapiro he could bring Donna Brazil with him, who of course who cheated famously in 2016 gave Hillary all the questions before That's the debate. Right. Oh, uh, he, I'll even give him a box to stand on so he looks taller. <laughs> it's okay, Josh. I'll see you on the debate floor, man. <laughs> Do you guys know each other personally? Not at all. <laughs> well, we saw him one time, and he, he skirted away from us up in Erie. Oh,
5: wow.
1: <laughs> all right.
2: Let's see what we can grab here. Teddy here says, 3rd ID 123rd Signal Battalion Echo Company, wow. 9899, Godspeed Mastriano, voice of the Marne."
1: Marnie? We We, uh... Yeah we did we overlap with yeah we overlap yeah. i was in the uh, third infantry division division artillery from 1997. no 98. 98 to 2000. No,
0: yeah it was 98. is that
1: some kind a... of mk ultra activation code <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm getting from i'm like i'm a civilian i don't know what you guys are saying there but i'm concerned uh, and then we're rocking the marne because in 1918 when the germans broke through the french lines uh, my unit stood like yeah. a rock on the marne river and stopped them right, wow
2: all right, Isaac Glover. Show says, "Can Mister Mastriano please consider joining the new Trump administration in 2024 if he loses his governor's race?" Also, can't wait to see Carrie Lake win.
1: Uh, we're going to win bigly, to borrow from Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. so. Bigly, but yeah. thank you for thinking so much in me. I,
2: I yeah, and also Carrie Lake, man. I have seen more and more of her videos. I really think she she could be president. Yeah, she's she's, she's fantastic. The at, look, I I have tremendous respect for anybody who can come here and sit and have a conversation with us. You know, because some people, a lot of politicians, they can't even debate. Yeah. It's like, do you really have ideas? If you don't know anything about those ideas, you can't back them up. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, man. Look, I can disagree with you or anybody else. But as long as you know why you think something, I'll be like, okay, well, you know, you know, you, you mentioned some things uh, on the show about your policies. And I'm like, I actually don't know enough to refute what you're saying. I'm not going to argue about something I don't know just for the sake of politics. So at least, you you know, there you go.
1: Well, thank you for being a decent journalist in that regard yes. there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we all deal with how they lie all day and night. I mean, like, like we were mentioning, they called Ian Crossland a conservative commentator. They call me a conservative and like none of it is just it's just meaningless. Yeah. they call all of us conservatives it's like this is just nonsense Never. I mean anybody who's ever heard anything out of Ian's mouth would laugh at the idea of him <laughs> being called a conservative so Ian,
1: Ian what happened what, what caused that
4: I, I think I've been tilting conservative since I've been here uh, no they thought I was Seamus Coughlin they, they quoted a different guy and thought that I was on the one <laughs> right. on the show I don't yeah. know it's like oh they didn't. Want, it's like they got an AI no, transcript do of it they don't do the work they don't do the work it's a google search yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I think of myself as liberally conservative or conservatively liberal
3: now if they're getting your name wrong imagine what else they're are getting wrong That's in all the really. articles that they put out there.
4: Yeah. <laughs> all right,
2: Ashley B Yo says first super chat. Super pumped to see Mastriano. No notification tonight on here. I live right outside of Scranton. Big props for coming on and God bless. Nice. This is what uh, you know. These are the kind of kind of shows that we need more of. Not the sound bites you hear yes. on the yes. primetime show for five minutes. Long yeah. form.
1: It's really, it's really hard to lay out a solid policy position in five minutes or less. Yeah. It's I mean, impossible. Yeah. I That's start important. talking fast because I, I'm gonna squeeze it in. It's like it, yeah. it doesn't even flow, and yeah. I, I appreciate. The music you guys.
2: slowly gets louder and louder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> played off. Thanks for yes, coming right. on quick. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Colinello says, "My fiance and I are hoping to have kids in the future. What goals do you have for Pennsylvania's Department of Education in four or five years?"
1: Wow, it's going to be rapid changes because we, it's uh, our Department of Education has become very radicalized. We've covered some of the books. You have the books there, and uh, it's discussing. So we're on the, on day one, CRT's over. On day one, no more gender prog- pronoun games. On This is all seventeen January. On day one, uh, we'll be reaffirming parental rights. And I even have to say that. I kind of choke on it in America. R- really? No kidding. And then I'll back all these up with legislation out of the House and Senate. I'm not going to rule by edict, but I'm going to change the culture on day one. I uh, have a sec- Secretary of Education education they'll be focused on education and not indoctrination that means we need to have all the curriculum posted online for parental review and transparency so they'll be uh, the, the, the school districts will be ordered to post that that was a bill by the way ve- vetoed by governor wolf a couple months ago uh, transparency and curriculum you know i think the more eyes that are on things the better off we are and the more accountability for public we're spending 31 billion dollars a year in pennsylvania on education According to a 2020 report from the National Education Association, we are the 12th highest in the nation, spending wise, with 28th in quality student before COVID. We're not getting our bang for the buck. And so, my goal is actually to do education rather than indoctrination, and history, civics, and constitution need to be brought back. Right on. And you know, that's I,
0: from, that's from a doctor in history, by the way. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> he's he's taught at the master's degree level. So what he cares about education?
1: I, I, I believe in our, in our history and our and our laws. People need to read the Constitution and study it. Yeah. Um, Agreed. The, I see, and you know, granted, you know, I came in with a framework and understanding the Constitution, but being in the Pennsylvania Senate during the shutdown during COVID was a crash course in, in the Constitution. I, I had no idea things were happening so rapidly. And much of it was because of ignorance of the laws and the rules and, and, and our basic constitutional rights uh, that people have seen that not have a grasp of anymore.
4: Yes, yeah, right. It'd be cool if little kids in like elementary school learned how to write a bill and, and pass it with the other what kids could cool. vote on it and then like change I love it. or finance in the, cl- awesome? in the classroom. Yeah, write a check. Or we don't write checks too much. We, anymore. We had, yeah.
2: <laughs> swipe on the ATM I, You know, We've kids know. not knowing how, how the financial system or the business or the economy works.
1: Oh, yeah. Compound or interest. Or taxes at all. Yeah. And, and that would be so easy to do, that yes. they have a mock-up Seriously. of a House and Senate and the governor and... It's yeah. so fun. Well, well, the to good schools have you can this. change roles like no, no, no. every
2: few months or every month. That's or right. The, the really expensive private schools have things the, like this. That's right. Class president stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The, the the public schools they just leave you high and dry. Yep.
5: Yeah.
2: All right. Hexagon Proton says one of my coworkers used to work in mining and had activists lock themselves to machinery overnight. One day, they left them there through the day. Sitting in the sun for nine hours, they didn't return. Did you guys see these? Uh, so first, there was the, the two women who threw the tomato soup on the, on the oh, Van Gogh. That's disgusting, yeah. Then they glued their hands to the wall. Immediately got arrested. I was outraged. They should have left them there. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. glue yourself to the wall, yeah. you become the exhibit. Yeah. Then, when you got to go to the bathroom, you can beg for help, and we'll say no. There was, uh, now there's a bunch of uh, scientists, I think it's in Germany, they glued themselves to the floor of this Porsche showroom, and then they got really mad that uh, no, it was VW. Yeah, VW wouldn't give them bedpans because they were like, "How are we supposed to respect you know uh, uh, respectfully defecate now that we glued ourselves to the floor?" And my attitude was like,
0: "I don't know.
2: You're planning failure to plan is planning for failure, bro.
0: Personal problem. should have brought, yeah. brought one with
2: them. <laughs> no. Look." I, I, I love peaceful protest. It's fantastic. It, uh, America has, has done great things with peaceful protest. And uh, if you want to peacefully protest, I respect it. But you pay the consequences. You block a street, you get arrested. But you did something that wasn't hurting people in, in a great degree. I understand there can be problems like, you know, if a car can't get through and someone loses their job or there's a lot of problems there. But that's why you get arrested for it. You should block the road. The cops should come and arrest you. You get the press. Everybody understands. We need some wiggle room with civil disobedience. That also means though, if you lock yourself to a door, you better be prepared to crap on the floor. <laughs> if you're not thinking about this stuff, I don't want to tell you. All right, Dylan Lolly uh, says, using my first TimCast super chat to say one thing to my future governor: constitutional carry.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's going to happen.
2: M- more constitutional <laughs> carry everywhere. It's amazing looking at the map of the United States and the expansion of constitutional carry. Second Amendment is winning. Yeah. For, for a long time, they they did not respect it.
5: Mm-mm.
2: A lot of people, uh, Bro Cody said also, ask about constitutional carry. I think we understand. You are very much for it.
3: That's what I was curious about.
2: Gen Z says, Doug has my vote, but will he repeal gun laws like permitted carry and fight the feds when they overstep? I Already answered it. I actually
1: have a, a bill in, in the Senate to do just that. Wow. All right, uh, I'm gonna read
2: this one. It's a bit more extreme, though. Lima X-ray says, "Will you declare the ATF a terrorist organization like your libertarian opponent, Matt Hackenberg?"
3: <laughs> I don't know if that.
2: that I that mean, it? I don't know I how like you answer that, idea. that. Yeah, I think I, my my simple answer is huh? I I would be for abolishing it. I think the the duties that they do can easily be hand, handled by any law enforcement already. Mm. We don't need or create an ATF free zone.
3: Mm. <laughs> or 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 make it make it into a convenience store even better.
4: Oh yeah, can a governor declare groups as a terrorist group? No. Especially a federal law enforcement agency. Yeah, like, what?
1: <laughs> there's a constant I like how you're like, am I supposed to hours? actually answer? Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, <right. laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm
2: sure the Libertarian actually is saying that, but it's like,
1: come on. You know, and that's the thing that drives me crazy about politics. People say anything to get a vote. That's why, you know, the, the Senate race is interesting, and it's a lot about, you know, law and order and crime, as I mentioned before. But there's nothing that they can do about law and order and crime at the state level. That That's a state issue, anyway.
2: All right. Pinochet's Helicopter Tour says... So, Tim, you're telling me the guy who smoked shredded Parmesan floor cheese has committed 459 crimes and the big guy, Joe, was not involved in one? I didn't say that. I believe he's probably involved in a bunch of them.
3: You know, uh, he did try to smoke Par- parmesan cheese. I do remember that. Yeah, that's, man, that's a fact. I, that's fact. I
2: mean, but that's sad, man. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's it's. I feel bad for Hunter. That's like. A, I think he's a bad guy. I think he's done bad things. But hearing a story like that, it's yeah, just like like rock you know, bottom. Parmesan this is true. cheese Bottom. Yeah, yeah. He was he huh? was a, he was crack. He's a crack. He was a crack addict. I don't know. what yeah. He's still doing. And so, in his desperation, he grabbed parmesan cheese and put it in his pipe, I guess. And more mm-hmm. right. cheese. I mean, look. I don't want to rag on the difficulties faced by an individual but come on the biden family has serious issues and there's there's reasons why a person ends up that way yeah you know i i know it's not it's not always true of every parent some parents try really hard and some somehow their kids fall into bad stuff for sure but uh you know the fact that hunter biden was working on on stuff related to joe's work and stuff like that come on you gotta be more responsible there all right all right let's grab some super chats let's try and find a good one what do we got uh, hops it up says Tim and crew, what's your take on businesses being sued for not rendering services to LGBT plus? What if the business would just charge a crazy amount of money for cake, photos, etc. Wouldn't lawsuit not be valid? That's interesting. Uh, this is this is a, this is a tough question. I mean, how how you solve for this? You're aware of what's going on with the the Colorado baker? Yes. That he he don't, he he had no he said he had no problem giving a cake, selling a cake to a gay wedding. It's that he didn't want to make a custom message about supporting it. Well, now he's been sued several times. I'm curious, you know, how do you solve for this? Look, the the law says you can't discriminate on the basis of, you know, these these uh, idea. Uh, well, I should say national origin, gender, gender identity. What are your thoughts on this? How do you how do you, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. How do you solve for that? Yeah, that that's just a tough
1: one. I mean, we've got so, so many gray areas in our country now. You know, I I, I don't believe that you if you have a, a objection to something, why can't you just say I'm sorry? You know, and, and I know in the case of the Flores, she recommended another florist for a wedding and that wasn't good enough it's not good enough they want you to they want you to do it this is a dangerous trend here when you know if you have an objection to something why what happened to your own rights i mean it's it's
2: i i I wonder if if scale is the answer if it's a small business where it's like one person you shouldn't be able to bring an action but if it's like a chain or or a dominant business and you can prove that they've monopolized a certain area or something Mm -hmm. like that then you can that might be like if it's a public Mm -hmm. corporation well, no, I mean, like, if you're if you're a, a single individual who has a storefront selling flowers and you say, I'm not going to do business with you, it should be, like, carry on and move on so you can find flowers anywhere. But if it's Walmart, they shouldn't be able to turn you away because they've they've dominated and monopolized such a large portion that you can't really go anywhere else. Hmm, like wow. Based on can market share. I,
1: can I give a shout out? Josh French served with me in Afghanistan. Josh, hey, I love hey. you, brother.
2: Oh, uh, he says, <laughs> those that Colonel Mastrano respect him, those that don't know him should. Oh, those that know him respect him. Those who don't should. There Josh, you go. I
1: love you, man. He, he, was a, he was a great member of our team in Afghanistan. Right on. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Let's see. Let's try and find a good one because we only got a little bit of time left. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this just as, as I'm kind of trying to read and speak at the same time. I do try to find good questions, especially hard ones. But when a good portion of all of the Super Chats are just outright, love you, big fan, you know, uh, go Mastriano and things like that. It's like, you know, there's all, I. Can't just sit here for 10 minutes trying to find everything. But uh, let's see if we can... uh, I'll just try and make sure I can find one more, just a a good one, that we can uh, can end off with. Otherwise, I'll just grab what I see coming up soon. All right. All right, I'm just going to have to... They're all they're all just big fans of yours. Yeah, everyone, so. They
5: all look like that, yeah. Everybody's
2: just being like, Doug, you rock.
5: Can't wait to vote for you. Stuff yeah, like that. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. Sure. I love I'm it. like,
2: where's the person who's got yeah. a question about policy? That, but All right. <laughs> Zero says, Mastrano kept me sane during the abuse of power from the Democrats during COVID. Watching his fireside chats gave me hope. Can't wait to vote for you. Wow. There it is. There we go. Yeah, the one thing I... I, I you know, I know that there was there was a, a lot of Q&A sessions with the politicians in the past, and they always do pre-screened questions. We don't do that. No. But at the same time, hey, guys, you know, I, I always try to find good ones, but uh, everybody's just saying they love you, so I guess that's what, that's what you get.
1: <laughs> love you guys back.
2: Uh, so, my friends, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and share the show with your friends. Become a member at TimCast.com to support all of our work. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Senator Mastriano, do you want to shout anything out?
1: Well, you know what? Pennsylvania is the the birthplace of our country. It's founded by William Penn, who, of course, escaped uh, persecution for his own faith. And um, he founded our our state with the idea that all men can be free people and and live their lives as they saw fit, not as a governor or magistrate or, or king saw fit. And that shaped our government. I think we have to remember who we are. We are the birthplace of freedom and liberty. We're the same state, of course, where new birth of freedom was secured at Gettysburg. Mm. And then finally, 2001 on 9 11, in that dark day, the only hope was Flight 93. And although it had a tragic ending, remember what Todd Beamer said let's roll. So, Pennsylvania and America, let's roll on 8 November. You got a website? Go to DougForGov.com.
2: All right. Rebby, you. you wanted anything to that? I'd
0: just like to say, you know, we are the Keystone State. So, um, the governor's race is important to all of the USA because of holding together that that arch that keystone holds together the rest and i really think that the way that pennsylvania goes is going to be the way the nation goes
3: right on If you guys get elected, I want some PPA cards. Uh, Thank you guys for coming on. I didn't always agree with with everything, but at least we had the conversation. Thank you so much for that. Uh, My YouTube channel and news organization is wearechange.org. I did a very in-depth look into the false flag allegations by the United States, a deep dive into some very serious issues. If you want to see that video, you can right now on youtube.com forward
4: slash wearechange. Thank you so much for having me. Good talking to you guys. Good talking. Next time, maybe we'll go deeper on some conspiracy theories like talking (laughs) plasma that the military might be using. <laughs> to make us think they're aliens. And I hope to work with you in the governor's office at some point Woo. with technology. Now you're talking. And really, he, wrote, he wrote down graphene, Ian. Yeah, let's retrofit the yeah, economy. and give Because awesome. people have something to live for and they want to and they will.
1: I'd love Pennsylvania to innovate and lead in that technology. It'd be fantastic. Love you sir. Love you Peace back. Peace and love. Thank
5: you. <laughs> right on guys, I think you should check out Cast Castle. It is really funny by the way, Ian. I watched it today. I don't normally watch it, but it was good. And I also watched your video on YouTube today cuz I saw it on my uh, recommended, which I get recommended for some stuff, but I nice. guess not Timcast. And Oh, you yeah. got re-
2: Luke got recommendations. All oh, right. Yeah.
3: yeah. 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 Moving on up. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, guys, and I am in the chat that is me, the iamserge.com. You can find me everywhere with that again.
3: I'm in there it. with you commenting whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. Having yeah, anyway, a lot of fun.
5: It was a good one. See you guys. It'd be funny to do a skit where it's like 10 years from
2: now. And it's this futuristic world of flying cars and Ian's like, you know, a little bit older and he's looking at a picture of, of Doug over here. And then he's like and then he looks up at a statue of him and it says, He created the first graphene plant, revolutionizing technology. Oh, yeah. And yeah Ian's well it's
4: like we did it. We did like it we could build a campus where people learn to come and learn to make it with lasers and we'll create a new industry. Right on. Now all you're right. talking.
2: <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, we're not having a members-only show because we just we don't really have enough time for it, unfortunately. But uh, I do appreciate all of you who are members who help make it all possible. And we will see you all next time. Cheers.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>